You are listening to the Bondzilla Podcast. The Bondzilla Podcast is an ongoing analysis of two of cinema's longest-running franchises, James Bond and Godzilla. This week we take a look at the first two films in the Godzilla anime trilogy. From 2018, it's Godzilla, Planet of the Monsters, and Godzilla, City on the Edge of Battle. James Bond. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Bondzilla podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Will. And and, and junk, Junkie XL's doing the score. Uh, Bond moved up. Kong vs. Godzilla is delayed again. And that's all we have to say about it. Okay? All right, cool dude. It's not going to be a long episode. <laughs> How dare you? That's all, that's all we have to say. Are you driving away our fans? They yeah. just want to know. They're they're interested. I, I like to I like to consider it a good natured ribbing uh, inclusion on it. Yeah. Telling me what to do. Telling how long the podcasts are. You've been listening. Not you. I'm not not you, Nick. I, cool I, dude. I, I mean, I do listen. Yeah, I'm just saying. But it's like you've been listening, cool dude. So what if the podcasts are a little bit long, huh? Maybe this one will be short. Guess what? These movies are anime today. That's all we have to say about it. Okay? 15-minute 15-minute podcast. All day, era day. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, after after our Pacific Rim episode, I'm just like, these episodes can be as long as they... How long was the Pacific Rim episode? It was almost three hours. No. Well, I mean, no. That couldn't have been the long... Like, we, like we've clocked in at like 245, 240. Yeah. Let me just double double check because yeah. I remember the the this the Pacific Rim episode being exceptionally long. Yeah, maybe it was just yeah, it's two forty five. Yeah, two forty five. We've hit, we've hit that before. Yeah, All right. I just remember like like I didn't think we would hit it for that movie, but we just no we we ooh, excuse me yeah uh, no we definitely ended up sitting it for like discussing that movie. I think way longer than it, than than both of us yeah, had anticipated. anticipated, but it had a big. Like pre, pre, like a like a de- yeah. development. It yeah, had a, it one of the sizable. Yeah. It, 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 it was a very it was a very meaty development. Well, that's the thing. It's like when you get into, and this is kind of like a case with more so with the Godzilla side of things. But like when you get into the more modern films, then the production history becomes more robust. Yeah, like we saw that with the Godzilla series. Like really up until the Millennium series, and quite frankly. Not until we got into the American films do we have like a real comprehensive history on like the ups and downs of the production. So like once you start getting into like uh, more modern films, you have more to say. Yeah, definitely. And I also it does come down to like early on, like that first year, we were basically like, yeah, we're always keeping it to like hour fifteen, hour thirty, and then we just kind of like yeah enjoyed talking enough to like continue yeah. to, to. Well, because at this point, you know, I think we've. I think we've gained the 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 listenership that yeah. we've uh, um, that we're gonna get yes. at this point. That like you, we we have all the cool dudes of the world who are diligently by our sides, and yeah. uh, you know, and um, we're happy to have you, and we don't want to drive. Nobody's complained away. about it, no, at I, all. I, I uh, well, because the the issue was is like I, like I do feel like when you want to start a podcast, depending on what you're talking about, like mm-hmm. you want to be a little bit conservative. Was kind of my 
my idea. Yeah. Um, well, but so, yeah. I do think I like. Here's the thing: I will listen to two and a half hours. Yeah. Going on three, three, three hours may be a little long, mm-hmm. but if I like the subject matter, like I'll listen to discussion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my thing was like all the po- the things that got me into podcasts were all very much longer form podcasts. Like right. I was kind of used to podcasts being like two and a half, three hours. Cause that's like just the style of podcast that I started out with. So, um, I'm definitely game and I, I, again, I enjoy talking about this stuff. I don't, it's a nightmare. <laughs> Hate this. You'd rather talk about the Transformers movies? No. Yes, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a that that that's a, that's an off mic joke. Yeah. You won't get I won't get into it. Um but so do you do you want to actually touch on the news at all or is that all you really have to say? No. About? You brought this on yourself, cool dude. And the audience can thank you for it. I mean, here's here's my this real quick. No. Okay. Don't It wasn't it was actually going to what? All I was going to say is like, because it was also a comment uh, recently that we haven't done much like news episodes. Well, guess what? Cool dude took that away from the commenter as well. <laughs> look how much Stop you're ruining. Stop ragging on the dude. <laughs> the only thing I will say. It looks like you ain't so cool, dude. I mean, it's like we've, it's one of those situations where I think we've talked at length about all this sort of stuff. And it's like. Yes, Kong versus Godzilla being delayed again is a big deal, but us talking about it again at this point is just kind of we're repeating ourselves on mm. everything we've said about it before. Like yeah. we've kind of been like it probably will move, it might not move. Sorry, I'm just all that sort of stuff. I'm just still thinking about cool dude and his his and little his little comment. You're just and it's just like we have so many we, we have so many good fans, cool dude included. Until he stabbed me in the back. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and I and you know what? You know what? And we have had other people kind of like reach out about the podcast and get our input and stuff, and we can't mention them anymore <laughs> because we have such good fans and you know you know how they say how one grape spoils the bundle or whatever? Well guess what? We're coming up with that phrase today, and that one bad grape is cool to <laughs> Do you think I want to do this? It's too much. I don't want to do this, You're Nick. You're going too far. I want... Hey, listen, Mr. No, this episode is going to be longer. Well, guess what? You're going to get a long episode, cool dude. How about 15 minutes of me roasting you? <laughs> I'm doing this because I love you, cool dude. I'm doing this because I love you. No, I'm actually... I, I, I will... Okay, in all, in all seriousness... Uh, because he's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's right. It is gonna be longer. Uh, but no, the reason I am kind of like going into this bit, um, is because, and I will call out Cool Dude for being uh such a diligent, um, dedicated fan of the podcast and being one of our most um uh uh what, what vocal, you, not vocal and just um. You know, uh, loyal. No, no, no. Like part, like participating in the conversation. Uh, parti- partici- yeah, participating. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, I, I think it's really cool. And and quite frankly, the reason I'm having at least myself so much fun is because I, I do take it as a source of pride to have a fan that we can hopefully have fun with. So yeah. Um. So cool, dude. If you're still listening, um, I'm just razzing you. Uh, I'm just razzing. Yeah, you may you. have lost. It, you may have lost him at this point. I, I, I don't know. I have to say though, like it did. As much as I joked about it, it did warm my heart that 
he has us figured out. Yeah. He, he or she, they, they, like, I don't, I don't know your true identity, but I do know one thing that you are a cool dude. Yeah. And we thank you for listening and uh, hope you enjoy this longer episode. Yeah. Um, cause we also are talking about two movies today. Yes, we are. Um, but yes, we will talk about the news today. Um, and, uh, so, uh, let, let, let's start out with, uh, so we kind of move into the Godzilla news second. Um, so yes, we got some film redistributions. Yes. Um, as it, it's, you kind of had mentioned it that at, at this point, like, especially my take was don't even attach yourself to any movie, uh, what's a, uh, like release date yeah. at this point. Uh, yeah, I know we had talked about that some of the bigger movies m- may be kind of like planting their feet a little bit, but I- I'm I'm still of the opinion where I- I'm not convinced of any date until like that movie actually right. comes out. Right. I mean, like out. again, like people are still, you know, like even like that early those early slots cuz it was going to be, you know, Tenant Mulan are still holding on to that end of July stuff, but it's like it's very easy to see like those movies, you know, it's going to be really a, a, to see if those movies really stay put or if they start pushing back still. And it's like, there's, I mean, there's a whole lot going on um, still with the with the p- pandemic and, mm-hmm. and, and beyond that as well. And it's just going to be like, you know, it's just we are living in kind of a, a new unknown world and it's still to this No, I mean, time, it, it, it depends on when the movie's coming. I mean, the movies will come out. It yeah. was just like, I, just, I've just been of the opinion this whole time. It's like, don't attach yourself to any date because it's, Things are still shifting yeah. easily, you know? Um, so, I mean, yeah, because it's like we are too- I, well, I honestly think it's something because like I, I think a lot of these studios, I don't know whether they can't afford to do it or they have to plan for it. I don't think it's just like- Every, I don't think that they can officially say every movie's indefinite. Yeah. Like, I don't know the business behind I, m- m- I would say that movies. you don't want to say that only because that definitely, like, turns people off of just, like, you know, it just makes it seem like, oh, it's it really is the end of the world of, like, movies or it's the end of movies or something because, like, none of these movies have a Oh, I, I guess. I wasn't it, even it, looking at it. It's from, an image thing, I think, more yeah. than anything else. And I think it's, I think it is still, like, giving some optimism, still some momentum because if it's like, oh, this movie will come out whenever then it's just kind of like then when do you set a date and how far in advance do you set a date you know right, it's just kind of right. like it makes it seem just more intangible and gets people less excited. well you know there's other things to consider too like actual like theater distribution now i think that that's actually right. a, an aspect i don't think we have really talked about because lots of theater chains are you know experiencing some changes of their own like you know being like you know how much mm-hmm. business can they like yeah. you know like you know, AMC has m- multiple times said that they w- would be in trouble. Yeah. Um. So you know that that puts it. To, you know, you you're gonna release a movie. Like you have to think about like you know where you release it to. Yeah. No. And it, and it's just like again, there's just so many factors. Uh. But anyway. So uh. Co- so coming uh back around to this. So uh. Let's uh step back a bit uh as we go to 007. Uh. No time to die. Um actually uh, is moving up from November 25th, 2022, all the way up to November 20th. <laughs> it's essentially just social distancing itself from the other releases. <laughs> I mean, that's what's going on. Yeah. I mean, and it's still premiering in the UK first. It's premiering in the UK near the beginning of November, um, like a week or two before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, yeah, it's just kind of like 
I think it just basically because I, I forget, remember correctly like that you know it's still I think they moved like the you know the um, soul around there and there's like a Clifford movie so I think it's just kind of moving up right you know has kind of a slot to kind of fill especially you know with other things moving around and stuff um, I think it's just was one of those things where you know give yourself a shot in the next yeah couple it's, days. and it's also like it, it's interesting because um i want to see real quick um about movies coming out around at that time this year because one of the things that we did talk about at the time was that it what it would have had a um it could have had the potential of being a um what do you call it um not cross promotion um it's like when you put out a. I'm terrible at words today, everyone. Um, it, it's like when you put out a like like a kids movie and then like a horror movie. So it's like oh, counter like, yeah, counter programming. Thank you. So th- there was a level of that that we thought that there that it may be able to take advantage of. Um, I mean, I, I guess it still could. I mean, No Time to Die and Soul still come out on the same day. Yeah. So it looks so like it moved up to Soul. Yeah. Actually. So so it actually. I thought no, because originally I thought both of them were coming out that week, that uh, yeah. that um, Thanksgiving Day weekend. That's what I thought. Yeah, me too. So I, did Soul I get moved? Might have. It's kind of the thing where it's like kind of hard to keep up at this point. Yeah. Like what has actually moved around and what hasn't. Interesting. You know? Um. So yeah, I mean that's cool. That's you know that's five more days. I mean it's the same week, so I'm not really. Really, yeah. It's just kind of giving them a five days. Well, it was, you know, a week before, but. You know, it's like it's. It's essentially just they saw an there. There could be the there could also be the potential looking at that though. It's like because I see a lot of articles saying like it won't be able to like bring in like records for like Thanksgiving Day weekend, but I I think that it, it's very telling. They could just be able to like they may just want to avoid like uh like a holiday yeah at all. Like mm-hmm. at this point, like they just want butts and seats. Yeah. So they can't afford like right. people doing holiday plans instead of going to the movies. Yeah. That would be that would be that's my... always the thing too, especially like this year, you know, and people might, you know, will people want to go out for a holiday or will they sure. just want to stay in? Um and I think that and they have if, to like, be people you know would start traveling again and having been social distance and maybe not able to travel for so long. Yeah, it's it's traveled it. I mean, you know, there there's a level of kind of like hopping into the real world real quick. Like people are probably going to be I, I you know, I think that there's a level that um, you know, obviously there'll be the cautious people, but I think that people will want to go to the movies, just in general. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, I think you're you're not gonna have like everybody just avoiding movies in droves, but at the same time, I think that there's gonna be a level of uh, people being way more selective in their activity. You hear economists talk about this all the time, where it's just like, you know, because of the air of caution that we may or may not have at that time. Um, especially as we go into the fall, uh, there could be a level of like, well, just out of practicality and economically, am I going to like visit my parents for Thanksgiving or am I going to go to the movies? Yeah. No, I mean, you know I, what I mean, it's a consideration, especially because, you know, people have been out of work and, and, you know, all that sort of fun stuff that we love to talk about. Um, yeah. And, 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 and it's going to be like, you know, will the will there be like obviously if there's you know like if amc opens you know they maybe won't do their you know their programs that they have you know of like your um the a-list program because they're trying to like you know get their money directly 
So maybe that's going to be a consideration. Or it's like, again, you know, it's just one of those things where maybe November, you know, you usually kind of see a movie every week. Maybe some people will be seeing just a month a movie, you know, a movie a month. So that would be my guess. I, I, I think they just want to like, avoid it's still, anything. And again, it's still like, I think just, you know, everything's still in flux. Well, um, speaking of actual um, tragedies, like actual like terrible things going on in the world. And uh, you know what? It's kind of one of those things you like to have hope in humanity, but every now and then, it, it you know, it's just like, what did you expect? Like, we expected this coming in some ways, and I think it's time that we just have to talk about it, and that is uh, Godzilla versus Kong was delayed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, is, it has been the same thing that we've been talking about, where it's like, it's we were kind of like, you know, playing both sides. It's like, you know, maybe, maybe not. We all kind of knew the likelihood that it was kind of going to be delayed. It was yeah. interesting, though, because it was kind of all the – we were hearing all the moves of, like, the movie, like, you know, kind of finalizing its its stuff. Like, it was getting the rating, you know, like, you know, score was kind of happening. So it was kind of interesting that we kind of had this kind of momentum of, there, like, there actual, was... like, kind of the finishing – the things you kind of do with the finishing touches of a movie kind of happen. It's just that, you know, at the end of the day – you know, especially kind of, it's now May, is it? Yeah. Uh, May June, 2020. June. June 2021? Oh, sorry. The, the the release of the movie? Yeah. Uh, It got pushed back to May 21. <laughs> I wasn't confused that it, I, I know it's June. I was like, dude, I, I know, listen, I know the time has been weird right now, but I thought like you were just saying, what is it, May right now? I'm like, no, it's no. not. And I was being polite about it, too. I was like, just kind of kept it to myself. I'm like, actually, no, it's June. It's not May. Uh, Yeah, no, Uh, May May 21st. Not that confused. May- I have to remember it's Monday. That we're recording this yeah. behind the scenes, but I definitely know that it's June. Um, but May twenty first, twenty twenty one. Yeah, so it's like moving that far is, is kind of like it's definitely interesting, um, especially with the kind of moves surrounding that. We kind of again finishing touches are being placed on the movie, but it really at the end of the day, it's like it, it just seems we're like not it surprised. Was, I mean, it, that, it's just that, not really, shocked. And it's, it's we weren't that, that been, shocked. I mean, I'm bummed. Yeah, but because I was of the opinion where I did think that there was a good chance that, and I think I said it last time, was that if that date was being maintained, that we would be getting a trailer soon. Yeah, like I, I just did not think that there was going to be a trailer for it and not a date set. attached. Yeah. Um. Yes. So this kind of proves that, like that, mm-hmm. you know, well, they're not going to give a trailer because they plan on delaying it, which. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. Um, so there's really not too much else to say about I it. I mean, it, it's going to be just, you know, we're going to have to still review it. Um, there, there are some new things about the movie, though. Uh, so there is some fun stuff that we can talk about yeah. here about it. Um, so a while, ag- a little while ago, they actually released a new, um, uh, a new um, logline for the movie. Um, and I had it right here. I'm trying to pull it up. Um, where did I have it? I thought I had it. Here we go. Okay, so uh, this was the new official uh, synopsis uh, that may shed a little bit more light on the movie. Uh, so Godzilla versus Kong in a new world where man and monster now coexist. Monarch must lead the way to a 
uh, to a prosperous future alongside the Titans, keeping humanity in check. However, rival factions that want to manipulate the Titans for war begin to rise under the guise of a nefarious conspiracy, threatening to wipe out all life on the planet. Meanwhile, on Skull Island, strange seismic activity draws the attention of Godzilla and Kong alike. So, kind of like some little nuggets in there that hi- that build upon a synopsis that we kind of already knew about. Yeah. Um, the, the first thing that definitely strikes out to me, because I think we had talked about this, is now this synopsis makes it very explicit that man and monster coexist with each other. Um, whereas I think like previous ones were just like, in a world of monsters, which obviously means something different once you've seen King of the Monsters. Yeah. And we were kind of joking about like, did that spoil it? But it's like, well, no, it could just be like, oh, this is a world of monsters because it's the MonsterVerse. But th- this one makes it very explicit that the status quo of of um, monsters and humans living side by side is uh, intact, um, at least for now. Um, was there anything else about that that kind of like struck out to you just about the synopsis? Uh, that last line for sure. Um, seismic activity at Kong Island draws uh, Kong and Godzilla mm-hmm. alike. So it does, you know, it's just kind of like hinting that there might be more than just the two of them fighting each other, that there might be mm-hmm. some other, you know, whether it's related to the this conspiracy, uh, is, it, is it another monster, kind of like a, a twist monster that like, oh, like, oh, like they have to team up, you know. To fight Doomsday. Right. Yeah. Like it's... it's uh, thankfully, I was going to say Loki, but yeah. you, know, <laughs> you, you made the right call on Doomsday. Uh, you know, both a reborn Mo- Moth- both their mothers are named Martha. You know, a, re- oh. you know, a reborn uh, Mothra is brought is brought back, and then he's he's like, "Is she with you? <laughs> I thought she was with you." That movie uh, will never not be funny. No, it, it, well, it, it'll be ne- hilarious. The the memes, the Batman v Superman memes, will never not be funny to me. Um, but it, like, is it like you know, like what is what is drawn? What are those seismic activities mean? Um, you know, is it Gabra? Who knows? Yeah, I, it is funny because I think this is the most uh, blatant acknowledgement that there will be a nefarious third party i mean we had kind of already had guessed that but this is the most explicit like yeah humans are up there and and you know it's going to be the whole like there i almost guarantee that there's going to be an element of of um oh we need to like take back the planet type of deal like Mm -hmm. there's going to be somebody who who's who's like that which is understandable um but yeah it's just kind of like a more yeah just a more transparent version of the synopsis that we've already been getting um but yeah that that last part especially because the because if you remember in in uh king of the monsters they did hint at that that there was like some sort of activity going on in skull island that all the monsters were, were were coming to so um and based off of some information that we know about um congress is godzilla that it, it will be a thing where it's like it, it seems like kong is isolated from pretty much everything at least at least in the legendary canon it seems that it, it's more of like kong will be reluctantly brought into things before the chaos starts yeah um so so that is um mm-hmm. so so that's interesting um and the other piece of news is that we have a composer uh Excuse me. Um, for Godzilla versus Kong, uh, Junkie XL uh, steps into the ring to uh, 
bring music to this monster mash. Um, and this was something where it was kind of like on Kaiju Twitter for a while, and I was like looking like all over the place to for like, like, official, for, like, for like an official confirmation. But I, I think in terms of like any type of like film and movie confirmation other than like this project is getting made, it's kind of been weird. So it, it's funny like there's been like a very a big lack of like anything like this person hops on this movie i feel like on my twitter i would hear about a composer or like like somebody like hopping on to a project almost every other week Mm -hmm. now you haven't heard about it that much but i mean it's in enough sources and there's enough information about it that seems to point to this is what what's happening is that uh mr xl is um is uh is coming on board yes he's good yeah um I may have a controversial opinion. Not a fan. Uh, I think Junkie XL is good at what he does. I think he's a talent. Um, other than, strangely, it's funny that we just brought this up. Some of his work in um, uh, BVS and Batman v Superman, um, he creates. He created the one theme in all history that I can only. Um, that I can only uh, like um, describe as it waterboards you to liking it, and that is the Wonder Woman theme. Like that theme was so absurd. Yes. But then, oh right, the, like the guitar thing. Yeah, right? yeah. Th- that which I believe was like his big contribution. Mm-hmm. Um, that theme was so absurd and so dumb that by the time it's like integrated into more scores and like the future movies, you, I actually kind of dig it. Like I, I've yeah. come to like it. Like, and the fact that I, I, I have to give him credit, the fact that it is so distinctive and it almost like, there's no, like the fact that you thought of wonder woman and that's what you came up with is pretty amazing. Um, and other than one track in Mad Max Fury road, right, which is his, most notable work, I think. Right. Other than that, I, I I can't say personally that any of his work has impacted me greatly. Mm. Is is what I'll say. I mean, I'm also. It's like, I guess how I would put it is, I don't necessarily like. He's not someone I'm going to go to bat for. Like, he's not a Jacino. He's not. Uh, um, you know, a John Williams or something like that. Definitely not a John Williams, but, uh, um, you know, he's not a Lauren Balf. Uh, but I, you know, I think he, uh, I think he's good. I think he's has some good tracks. Right. Uh, I definitely, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's like, he's a, he's the type of composer for me personally, where it's like, I'm not going to seek out like his work in terms of like to listen to it. But it definitely works most of the time within the context of the movie itself. Yeah, like, he's, like, he's not he's not a bad composer, like so Alita, I don't want to say that. Alita Battle Angel was that exact way. Right. Where it's like, I, I'm not going to go out and seek the Alita Battle Angel score, but like I enjoyed it while watching the movie. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I like some of his, like, I do like some of his collab work in BVS. I, I do like that. And Mad Max, like I said, there's one track in there I love. And, um, and I think, and a lot of the stuff he likes, it, it's just, Jungie XL is interesting to me because he definitely has, like, a thing going on mm-hmm. where he has some skill in traditional score and then also mixing it in that way 
with like a bunch of electronics and getting experimental with it while also having it be a proper cinematic score. Um, it, it was kind of like the Daft Punk score, um, like um, for Tron Legacy. Like it kind of reminded me, like that to me was an early version of what uh, Junkie XL would end up like kind of doing, um, essentially. Mm-hmm. At least that's the way I look at it. Um, but for me, it, it, it's it's so fascinating, and I don't mean to m- make a knock on the guy. And and I'm gonna end this with a positive, so don't worry. Um, but for me, it's like for somebody who has such a distinct thing that none of his work really like impacts me in a way yeah. that like I I, I can you know, like you know rem- like st- that nothing like really stands out. Now I know a lot of people would argue that like that's like a big modern movie score thing um to which i would say you are wrong <laughs> i mean you know i i just i i you know i i would just say i i think that i mean bear mccreary in one year has made incredible scores mm-hmm. like you know between just between if we're just talking about blockbuster scores um you know child's play and king of the monsters are legit great scores and mm-hmm. like very creative and and, and big stuff that and maybe it's just my sensibilities. It's just I I can't quite say that with Junkie XL, but um, but he's not bad at what he does. And the and the the positive thing I'll end uh, end with is that knowing what I do know about him, and if you look at his body of work about doing things like Deadpool and I Lead a Battle Angel and Mad Max Fury Road, it does give me, it does make me excited. Despite all the things I said, it does make me excited in a way that. It, the tone for this movie could be what we want it to be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, the fact that we want it to be like this wrestling match, mm-hmm. like this, like Showa era, like inspired, like more, more a uh, skull Island than King of the monsters, like going back into that direction and getting like really uh, like fun and crazy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so junkie XL coming in to doing that um, could be, um, could be something. Yeah. And there's also a precedent with the scores being very like um uh playing around with like the elements of like what they're doing. Like Bear McCreary like plays around with a lot of elements in his in, in his score, Alexander Desplat's uh Alexander Desplat's um score um is very uh distinctive and unique for a Godzilla movie, I think. Um and then um not that it's like necessarily like embedded in the score, but um, and I'm blanking on the name of the composer, but you know Kong Skull Island score like interweaves nicely with like the nature and the 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 the, mu- the period piece music and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so I mean the experimental nature. I mean I I can be uh, impressed with yeah. it, but you know it it was just kind of news that I was kind of like oh okay cool. Yeah, I mean I'm sure I, I'm sure I will enjoy it. I just found out that it, that Junkies XL real's real name is Tom Holkenborg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he for some reason some of his scores are credited as Junkie XL. I feel like I hear about him doing more movies than he has done. I feel like I hear his name a lot. Well, I mean, he's done like a lot of like good he movies. Did, he did. Well, not well, some, he did the score good. for Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. He did the score for Scoob. Scoob. Yeah, I saw that. He did the score for um, Tomb Raider and the Dark Tower. Yeah, but like some of these are like. He credits himself as Tom Hokenborg in yeah. some of them, and Junkie XL in others. So Ooh, which one will we get for this one? We'll we'll probably get a Junkie XL yeah. for this one. It seems like because BVS he's Junkie XL, Mad Max he's Junkie XL, 
Alita Battle Angel, he's Chunky XL. So I feel like some of the really Terminator Dark Fate, he's Chunky XL. So I think some of the mm. bigger blockbusters, like you know, he gets I, like he gets I, like I, he gets the DJ name in there. Frankly, I feel like I, I've been kind of a dick, uh, 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 you know, talking about him. So what I will do is I will um, listen to more of his work. Yeah. Um, give him a second chance because, quite frankly, I haven't like dived deep into it, and I, and I think that that's a good practice with scores personally mm. um so i'll dive deep into them and uh next episode i will get back uh to you guys about uh what i think about junkie xl um if that changes my opinion all right anyway so that that is all the news that we have on that you um, know you, you made it so much longer by just roasting yeah our fan well he won he wanted it they wanted it they wanted they wanted a longer episode and you got it you got the long episode all right all right i think it's time to movies this week um, finally, everybody, um, which I also believe is another cool dude. Uh, Among requests. many. Among many, definitely. It, it definitely not just cool dude. A couple of our other fans have, have have frequently asked why we have not covered this yet. So it's about time we get to, to the main courses. Ladies, gentlemen, germs, fans of all kind. Today we are finally diving in. Not even today, this month. The rest of this month, we will be diving into the Godzilla anime trilogy. The 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 much, at least when it comes to kaiju Twitter, the much controversial anime trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the, the, this has this has been a long time coming. Um, second watches for me. Um, I've only seen all of these once. Um, you, these are first time I've been, viewings I've for been you. Saving it for, uh, well, watching it for the podcast. I have, I have not spoiled myself on on this uh, until now. I, I have seen the first two, um, which we are talk about today. I have not yet seen the God of Light or whatever the third one is. Uh, Planet Eater. Planet Eater. Yeah. God of Light. <laughs> well, I, I guess like that. That's kind of like. How, I mean, I well, kind of we'll know. We'll, we'll I know where it. that is. Yeah, we'll get to. I it. know where it's kind of going, um, but. I have seen now the first two, which are uh, Planet of the Monsters. Godzilla, Planet of the Monsters. And uh, City on the Edge of Battle. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we're going to spend this episode talking about um, these first two entries into the trilogy. And then next episode, we will deal with the finale. So, um, yes, let's just get right into this. Um and we're just going to kind of hop into the movie itself and talk a little bit about the development throughout because there's really not too much development. Uh, this was a movie that was announced in um, 2016 that they were um, in development of an animated um, project for Godzilla. I remember distinctly at the time that um, it was one of those things like, is it a series? Is it, is it a movie? But then fairly soon after... They had kind of said it was. Um, I they didn't say no. They they I believe that they had labeled it as an anime movie. Um, with the with the um uh, logline of what it would be, and it, and it was essentially the logline was is that um humanity um basically has to do a, a mass exodus from Earth, and uh, because it was overrun by monsters, and they have to come back to face. Uh, those monsters, uh, one of which is the King of the Monsters himself, yep. uh, Godzilla. So um, it was definitely enough to sink our teeth into as kaiju fans. It's just there was a couple interesting things about it. So like, let's look at the timeline of this. It's 2016. Um, so we're a couple years out from Godzilla, um, the legendary 
universe uh, starting with uh, Godzilla 2014, um, which um, basically uh, lights the torch for what we have now kind of praised as this new era of Godzilla appreciation, where like Godzilla is now officially in the zeitgeist. And I feel like this move that this anime series was coming out was like another sign that Toho was taking all these steps. Because we've talked about in many other previous episodes how Toho is now embracing the fact of Godzilla is worthy of the franchise potential that a lot of other like superheroes and other yeah. things have been taking. I think it's just the, the era was correct and it's just like, you know, nerdum and and kind of those nerdier properties were kind of in the limelight. We 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 had hit the era of the MCU and the DCEU and, you know, the Dark Knight films and everything like that and uh, the Transformers movies. Like all of that's kind of part of this zeitgeist of like all these kind of the nerd things that people like thought were somewhat niche or somewhat off the beaten path, you know, maybe with one or two like kind of big elements to it now had kind of come up and it's like, Oh, even Captain America and guardians of the galaxy can have their own big movies now. Um, and so this, it was really kind of, and you know, now we were in this era too of the streaming platforms and more availability of getting these things, downloading them, uh, you know, ordering them and, and all that sort of stuff. So it was really kind of a perfect time to kind of try to expand because there's so much room to expand what you're doing. And and the other thing about this is 2016. So this is also the same year as Shin Godzilla. Right. And um, it's, again, another thing where it kind of like had a, lo- a little bit larger of a worldwide presence um, than, you know, anything since 84 essentially so it's definitely like an interesting one-two punch because it was like all right 2014 comes out toho's getting back in the game they're uh going to release um shin godzilla and then basically be like oh and then for a 2017 release uh we're going to have an anime series so it's interesting that they're going back to those old days of one year after another a Godzilla movie Mm -hmm. but it definitely goes to show the modern sensibilities and it it goes to show the times of what's capable now is that it's like well let's split our efforts a little bit um and you know it's not only a live action movie but we can do another movie real quick but we're just it'll be an animated movie yeah um so lots of things um all all that to consider and the not the least of which is the fact that we're getting an animated Godzilla project, which right. is something that we haven't had since like the late late nineties with like the ninety eight um, anime animated spin off of and the... never anything that's Japan produced, um, you know, especially because um, you know Japanese animation or anime as we affectionately know it as. Um, it... <laughs> Did you just explain anime to our audience? Yeah. Okay. Um, it was just kind of a turn of phrase. Yeah. That was it. Nothing. No, it's not. It was. It was a definition. Yeah. So it wasn't a turn of phrase. What's oh. wrong with you? <laughs> what I meant was it was just it was kind of like it was a jokey kind of description. That was it. Was it wasn't of... a descri- It wasn't a joke. You just define. <laughs> what are you saying? That's part of the joke. Oh God. What I mean, but basically, anime has also been something that has kind of been a part of, you know, generally American pop culture in some sense since the 90s. Again, on a nicher side with stuff like, you know, Dragon Ball, 
Yu-Gi-Oh into into the One Piece stuff, but also is something that was also in this era has kind of also expanded because again there is more opportunity to see see things like you know My Hero Academia and One Punch Man and all all these other kind of anime ranging from kind of the really more adult fare to more kid friendly stuff. It's like we're also in an era where that outreach of of anime is is kind of greater than it's ever been too so it kind of makes sense of like you know to do this animated project and to put it on a platform uh, as we'll talk about that has a great worldwide reach um and again just a way to expand the godzilla name and godzilla idea yeah and um and then also just kind of like stepping back to it it's also something what what speaks to this new era that that we are now in now with Godzilla is that there was a sense of like, Oh, there's three different types of Godzilla projects going on at the same time. Yes. So it's like, yes, Toho is doing two of them, but you have Toho live action movies, you have American live action movies, and then you have Toho doing an animated series that basically is, in its own continuity and its 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 own thing has nothing to do with the movie that they which is very interesting in comparison to the last time they had handed over to the rights to an American company what in night in the 90s with the what ended up being Godzilla 98 their whole thing was like all right well, we're just going to be done you know we're going to let them do their thing we're not going to compete we're not going to do anything we're mm-hmm. just going to let them do their thing whereas with this one it's like they're kind of using not I wouldn't say using but like they surround kind of the release of 2014 and the success of this American MonsterVerse and the, the series of films that's going to star their their king, and say, well, we're still gonna kind of do our own thing and we're kind of gonna, you know, take whatever momentum that way and try to kind of use it as expansion as well. And then, um, and then obviously, and you had kind of hinted uh, towards it, but the big other piece of the puzzle is Netflix. That it was going to be like um, just distributed on Netflix, and um, obviously, um, I think for a project like this, it makes sense for a couple reasons. One, I think that its audience is as as much as they probably believed in the project, the audience is like very niche for like you know because you can get away with Shin Godzilla being like live action movie that gets like even limited distribution because it's like a foreign film like you can get away with that and still get people to come to it i feel Mm -hmm. like um but like an anime movie especially this type of anime movie which is very anime in terms of its sensibilities uh doesn't quite have the appeal but it also strikes me as just great business sense too it's just like covering all the bases and it's it's definitely like netflix is going to promote it and they'll put it out there and it'll be like one of their big like here's the big thing that's coming to our platform in you know 2018 and 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 it'll be something that's easily you know in the algorithms flipping through and there's gonna and i think also too, be the fact that there was going to be you know three of them at least in you know as they planned it you definitely not don't want to just release these you know, the best you would be able to do if you were had like all three release in theaters would be like a fathom event, like a one week, right, a right. one night or weekend or maybe two weekends well, of just it, like here's our one or two screenings of it. Um, it's you know, you're not gonna get like the the uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly type of treatment because that just you know Dragon Ball has has a different, especially because it's that's an anime and that's we know it as an anime and that has a different kind of you know, popularity, a different type of popularity in America than, like, oh, the first, like, Godzilla anime movies. 
Like putting it on Netflix was just definitely the smartest way to go about it. Yeah. Um. And oh man, what was I gonna say? Um. I forgot. I, for, I forgot what I was gonna say. Um. So yeah. So oh, what I this is what I was gonna say. And the other thing too is like especially in retrospect is that you can definitely see just the how the the rolling out of it was treated in terms of you definitely get get the sense especially in retrospect that these projects weren't meant to be um competing with the movies right. in, in the same way because toho has said in in ways that they they don't they don't want their own live action produced godzilla movies to compete with live action produced movies from america so that's why they they kind of make a, an effort not to develop them so they come out around the, the same, same time, time or like at, uh, definitely not on the same year. Whereas this one, I think, kind of had more of a liberal approach to it because it's like they kind of effectively had treated this as a series. Like, let's say if it was an anime series, which it is, but not in a shorter episode serialized way, but in like three big specials type yeah. of way. So, uh, so ultimately, that leads into the film itself, which we'll just kind of we'll, we'll we'll just get right into because th- this so, was this was something people were really were really excited about. The only thing that was before it, there was a lot of like marketing. Uh, this was definitely one of the examples where I won't get into the details, but there was definitely more of a of a marketing push to it like a like a coordinated like shin godzilla comes out and then like when people went to go see shin godzilla they had like um like marketing for like oh by the way this is coming out too and then and that's when they revealed the title of like during the premiere or it was either during the premiere or the dvd release of shin godzilla where they're like oh and the the anime is called planet of the monsters like things like that yeah um so so there so there was that. Um and the only thing that they did before was that they came out with um a prequel book, um like a novel. Um which in many ways I have to see if it's translated cuz it, it it does sound in some ways what you thought this movie was going to be. But we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but yeah, so they they came out with like a series of books that basically uh chronicled the uh all the events leading up to this film. Mm-hmm. Uh which this film is to set the stage for it is that um, humanity is overrun by monsters, um, all basically implied to be all the kaiju that we know and love. Uh, we get some little uh, hints and glimpses and silhouetted cameos from some creatures that we that we know. Did you recognize some of them? I saw the only one I noticed uh, specifically was Hedora. Mm-hmm. Um, gets because that they there's like a news thing. It's like Project Hedora, like successful. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there there was a there was a Kamakuris one. Yes, I kind of yes. I now that you're mentioning it, yes, uh, Kamakuris, Kamakuris, whatever uh, it is. There there was that. Um, I believe you can see, based off my reading, you can see like remains of like Rodan and 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 Angiris in some mm-hmm. places. Um, actually, uh, some some other. Some other one. Oh, Orga. Orga was in there. If you look really closely, uh, Dogara, who is uh, from, I believe, Space Amoeba. So that's just kind of like a little nod towards another Toho project, um, is in there. But um, uh, that the Hedora one it was interesting though because to give you a sense of what that prequel book is like, um, because the idea ultimately is that this planet was overrun by monsters and they were losing 
terribly. It, it was like Pacific Rim, but n- it never went well. Yeah. It's like they didn't they didn't cancel the apocalypse. It was right no, on schedule. No Jaegers at this point. Um. So and then during that time, they get help from uh two alien races that try to help them out. They also fail. So basically. A big section of humanity. Oh, because these two races are also like nomadic races that have lost their worlds. Yeah. So um, basically they can't do anything about it. So a big section of mankind hops onto these spaceships with these aliens and basically have to do a mass exodus of the planet, leaving it to the monsters. Now, the book series basically covers all of that in detail. So it's like, whereas in, in this uh, in this first century in the anime, it's kind of like the the prologue like by the way this is what happened like kind the, of the, the montage right just, like i mean it really is the beginning of pacific rim mm-hmm. uh where they're just going through like here's how we got to this point um but it, but it is interesting because it's very fascinating the details of it and it's as a godzilla kaiju fan there's a lot of like fun like ways in which they interpret like all of the creatures for this new type of continuity so for instance um Hedora was a, from my understanding, was a kaiju genetic bioweapon created to combat the monsters. Mm. Um, and then I believe makes things worse because it's not that it becomes like a sentient monster, but they kind of like, um, you know, they reimagine Hedora as like a bioweapon instead of like a creature. So there's like a lot of things like that yeah. in there. Yeah. I mean, like, that's like the type of thing you kind of want to do, mm-hmm. you know, in this type of scenario, especially with animation. It's just kind of like if you're going to do something weird and crazy, make it kind of different in some ways. And it, and it's also interesting because that prologue is really the only other time you get any other classic monsters, at least in part one. Yeah. Um, so then we um, head up to uh, present day uh, where humankind and our... Um, alien friends the Bilisudos, i believe they're called and the exif um and the exif uh are you know they're kind of like these they're like the elves right well the, like the, one yeah. are the elves ones are like the the, the, the 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 uh what no the dwarves, the dwarves. Yeah, yeah they're they're more yeah. like dwarves yeah well it's because like the the exif are very religious um the uh the the b guys yeah i, I, I want well i want to get their names right i want to i want to i want to know what they're called um, Villa Saludos. The Villa, the Villa Saludos are very technologically savvy. Yeah. Um, but then also like, like genetically, like, like, like big, like strong guys. Right. Too. They're, they're yeah. like, and yes, and they're bigger. The the EXIF are very much like we, what we see of them are like skinny blonde dudes. Uh, and yeah, and then they're like super religious, super religious, and like always like you know doing sermons and praying and stuff like that, and then. Uh, the other guys, the other aliens are again like yeah, big and bulky. All kind of look again very, very similar to each other. Um, they all look like Ganondorf. Yeah, they all yeah. yeah, they all look like Ganondorf. And then the humans are humans. They're just like right. So they're basically on this like pilgrimage where they're all trying to find a home. And the um, basically there's no home in sight, and they have no other recourse other than to return back to planet Earth. And hope for the best. And right. the best is not there waiting for them. So, overall, just 
going on part one uh, of, of this? Yeah. Like, do, do we want to talk about it like as part one first, and then part like our yeah. the journey like, through did, watching? Did them? you want to do like a quote here, or did you still? Were you just no, 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 no. Let's like I, I want to get into. I want to talk about this movie first, and okay, then no, we'll just, then, I, then I, we'll get into the the next one. Um, well, I just I didn't know how you wanted the structure. Yeah, we should have talked about this before. I said that. I, well, said I didn't we know were if it was going to be like we, we could have had two quotes. We could have had a quote separating each movie. Yeah. No. Okay. We're doing that. We're doing it this way. Yeah, was, and, let's, let's and then we're going to wait. The break is going to be a 15-minute break for Cool Dude. Jesus. Okay? Um, but yeah, so part one uh, of... So uh, the first movie, Planet of the Monsters. Oh, go! Go <laughs> ahead! Jesus! Um, when we watched this movie... I could see why you wanted specifically to pair it up with another one because mm-hmm. it was uh, there was always a discussion, and that was one of the reasons why we kind of waited on it is that where there was always kind of debate like, did we want to do them three separate episodes, like all three together, like we didn't really know, and I was gonna leave that decision to you because you were familiar with the films, but I could see why you wanted to pair this one up with another one because Planet of the Monsters really does feel like a pilot. It feels like setup. It really takes a while to like kind of, you know, it kind of starts off big with like, here's the world. And then kind of just really just serves to introduce us to the world continually throughout the movie. I don't know if I want to call it bland because I don't think that's the entirely correct term I'm looking for. But it very much is was like by the time we were ending of it, it very much felt like, oh, okay. Let's. What's next? Yeah, it definitely feels like towards the end you've set up the pieces to where the story is actually going. Yeah, and like I said, it feels like kind of like a okay pilot. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like in a sense of like it kind of reminds me of actually of kind of like the Seinfeld pilot in the sense of like you can definitely see where this could get interesting, and there's just enough of the world where it's like especially me knowing that there's two other ones that's like, I kind of do want to see where it goes, but it also doesn't unlock the full potential of what it is. It really does feel like setting up the pieces for stuff that could be more interesting down the line. Yeah. For me, it's interesting. And again, this is my second time watching it. Um, so I'm able to, I was able to come in with it with, cause I, I had that same reaction to it. And I, and I, it actually came to a point where, I believe I went into it not quite knowing that there was going to be two other like entries. I didn't know that this was part of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. So there was that level of like it ended and I was like, oh, really? But then it's like clearly there was going to be more. Um, and you can kind of get that way because of the pace of it. Like once they get to a certain point, you're like, oh, you, you like there, there's no way they're going to wrap all this up. So the big thing for me, especially watching it this time, that really just kind of surmises my whole kind of feeling about the movie Uh, the movie itself is actually pretty interesting up until they get to the planet yeah and and it's not even like the planet stuff is bad um and some of the action stuff that they do especially when they start fighting godzilla is fun i mean it's pretty cool to see um but yeah it's funny because and this is kind of like an interesting thing that's going to happen with these first two parts is that there is a little bit of um, 
disconnect between expectation and what they end up actually doing based off of what was marketed. So for me, the concept on paper, Planet of the, Planet of the Monsters, mm-hmm. and we already knew like there was already rumors that Orga and Garrus and things were going to be in it. Now we didn't know that it was just going to be in a flashback, so then you kind of watch the movie. So the, the biggest thing for me to just kind of like hop to it is that the whole Planet of Monsters thing is not really, um, is 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 just not, it's just not executed as excitingly as you would want it to mm-hmm. be. I I I would go as far as to say the planet of monsters aspect is the biggest letdown of the movie, right? Um, because you get down there to the planet, and yes, they fight Godzilla, and then they fight these weird pterodactyl things. And that's it. So th- this whole concept, like, we're going to return to this dangerous planet where, like... Monsters light- roam and have taken over, and, like, we don't know how long we've been away because, you know, relative of, like, light travel and all right. that sort of stuff. And, then, and again, to be fair, this is a little bit of the disconnect between, uh, you know, managing your own expectations, but... There's a little bit of you that, like, almost thinks, like, oh, man, it's going to be, like, a planet ruled by all the Toho kaiju yeah. that we know. And and, it, and it's not really that. Now, thematically, and again, as it goes into the second part, it, it kind of sits a little bit better with me. And that's where I'll say, like, the biggest thing that does work for me about the first part is the world that they set up and for a Godzilla movie is like very engaging for me. Like I I think that the whole, the alien races and like the plight of humanity and what has actually happened to earth. These are all good ideas. And I know it's easy to say like, these are all good ideas, but I actually think like when the movie it's, it's one of those strange cases where, and it happens a lot in this trilogy is that it's one of those strange cases. Like when they are actually just kind of like the, just kind of like explaining like things and like how like you know like you know the different the differences between the races and what's happening to the planet it is actually the most interesting thing going on in the movie in 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 a satisfying way for me because then it like feeds off into a, into a theme but particularly the first part of the movie where it's all in the ship and you're learning about all the different races and you're learning about all the different characters um that to me was like the strongest part mm-hmm. uh for me yeah, no, I definitely agree that the setup and the world and the potential for interpreting these kind of classic uh, kaiju and, and Toho ideas into a new light is very intriguing. And and this just the general setting of like, you know, it's basically like this expedition of these three very different races of people that, you know, they've been struggling, you know, they've been out at out drifting in space for 20 years and they've been, they can't find any habitable planets and kind of that whole prologue. I think it, again, it does set up an interesting world and I, and the Godzilla films, especially once you get into like, you know, the traditionally, like they definitely never have been shy about reinventing themselves in some way. Mm. Um, and so doing something so drastic and something that seemed so ripe for the medium of animation was very exciting. But I do kind of agree with you in that you kind of get all this interesting setup, and then once you get to the planet, it just seems like there's like a lot of just those decisions where it's just like, I don't know if I'm totally 
around. It's just it's just not as interesting right. by the time they get Especially down there. Then, yeah, and then that's where you you know it's I think that's just where it's kind of the movie comes a kind of a little bit of a standstill up until you get to like the final fight because right. it's very much like and I think it also doesn't help um, that this one especially kind of has a little bit of a a slower a slower paced and especially once they get to the planet kind of a washed out color palette which mm. i don't think helps the movie yeah um cuz the the i have slowly kind of getting more into to different types of anime um i've slowly been kind of exploring a lot, especially more modern uh more classic and modern stuff i've kind of been going in but the the things that i gravitate towards the most are the things in in japanese animation that are the most colorful stuff like Dragon Ball, Cowboy Bebop, like stuff like that that just has an immediate like draw to your eye, specifically like wild colors. And I think the thing about this movie is that especially once you get to the planet, like it's deliberately kind of like very foggy. It's very kind of a grayish blue. Um, And it can be, it's even kind of like the characters are also kind of gray because so they kind of blend in to the environment Mm -hmm. a lot. So it's just kind of like, it just, doesn't really grab that part of the attention especially also because it's it's kind of that cg anime which i don't necessarily have a problem with but i also think you have to be very careful with how that looks Mm. um just because again it kind of can blend into everything so easily and i think it's the bigger it's bigger problem that in this first movie where there's really not that much color to it for me it there's a distinctive lack of significant personality that runs throughout ultimately all three of these yeah. all three of these films and it's all it, it's really because you know it's hard to say because like my sensibilities are i wish like these movies would have a little bit more fun and and even by fun like you can even have a fun character so it's like you're gonna tell me that like none of like the generals or the friends is like a more fun yeah lighter character like you can't have one guy who's like more of like a like especially like when you think of like like the Billa Saludos are definitely like very like they're very pride heavy and I think they you know they you get a little bit more of them in the second part but like yeah I mean that that's kind of like ripe to have like a more gung ho type like character yeah, there really isn't sort of any sort of comic relief or any sort of just livelier character because all the characters do feel very similarly stoic yeah. I mean. Uh, our main character kind of has a rage element, but you know, like the XF are very, again, they're very stoically religious and the other guys with the big name, Mm -hmm. uh, that I don't want to keep messing up. So I'll just call them the big guys. Uh, they also kind of have the, that stoic pride that they have. And so a lot, a lot of the movie, a lot of this first movie too, is a lot of it, like, especially once you get to the planet of like discussing strategy and like debating, like whether they should continue or not. And that kind of is generally like the whole kind of thing about the planet is just like, you know, like the planet, you know, may have more issues than they anticipated and, oh, Godzilla still exists. So we need to like pull back. And, you know, our main character is just like, no, we got to take the planet back gung ho but like not in like a fun gung ho way. It's more like you know, like a I'm an I'm angry gung ho way. There there's a through line in these, and we made fun of it. But there there is a through line in these movies that our main character Hero um, is like 
sacrificing too much to like fight Godzilla because he's very passionate about bringing his home back that I don't think the between the both movies earns. Only because as an audience member, I'm never really like, oh, he's gone too far. Mm-hmm. Like, I never feel that way. No. And and if we're just kind of like making it to this point, like, you kind of get it, but it's also like the way they set up the stakes is like their options are so limited yeah. that you're not necessarily against the passion of having to fight Godzilla to take back the, the, the planet. I mean... So that's kind of like how I felt and about that. There's really never, I mean, like, I guess they try to get, like, but, like, really not even at the end of the second movie, but there's really never a moment where you really do feel like there was a tragedy because of his. Right. That's a good passion. point. Yeah. Because even, like, the stuff, like, like, later on that we see in the second movie, it's more like the tragedy was kind of inevitable either way. Um, but, like, even in that first movie, like, you know, it's one of those things where he kind of pushes for it, and obviously it, it seems like some characters go his side for other ulterior motives, which, you know, definitely kind of happens in the second movie, and I can guess happens in the third movie. Um, so there's kind of that element, too, where, like, people are on his side for their own reasons, but even, like, his general, the general soldiers and, and, and the people that are kind of, he's kind of passionately, like, no one really calls him out on it, and there's never really a moment where they're, like, no, this is like the wrong thing. Everybody kind of agree, even when there's kind of like a friendly debate about maybe we should leave the planet. Like, right? Everybody, there's like, like one. Well, there's like one guy because you need an obligatory. You need at least one person who's yeah. like this every, is crazy. But even that, like, he kind of finally falls in at some point, you know, and just kind of goes yeah. along with like, well, if you guys want to go and and you know go for it, and essentially it's just like. Everybody's like, well, yeah, let's let's go kill Godzilla. Like, yeah. why not? I, I do want to I do want to kind of hop back to the opening of the movie though, because that to me still remains like one of the more interesting things. So, um, the 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 big the big thing about what I what I find interesting about this movie. So this movie, there's three races in, in this in this film yeah. or in the in this series. Um, I will go ahead and just say, um, spoilers for all these movies, um, except three, which you haven't seen yet. Um, that this movie focuses on. I, I think it's safe to say that each of these movies, in my own way, focuses on a different. Right, race. and I, I could assume that based on the two. So, like the first movie is very much focused on the human side of things. Right. Uh. The second the bi- movie is the big... The Bill of Saludos. The yeah. Bill of Saludos. And, I, and I, I'm just going to assume, based right. on based on just being able to see clearly what's going to happen, mm. uh, the third movie is going to be very much focused on our more religious friends right? Uh, and their kind of plight. So so this one definitely... I mean, the, the big thing about this movie is the hum- humanity feeling lost in, lost in space... And they go back down, and it's this whole, like, pride about, like, this is our planet, and everything we do is, like, getting our home back. So that's, like, the emotional right. investment Because there. it's our, our, you know, it's kind of our, our Haruo, right? Or Haru? Haro. Haro. Mm-hmm. Um, At least that's how I say it. Yeah. Haro. He is very passionate, because he was a kid when they left Earth, mm-hmm. and he kind of saw all Which the- was a cool scene, by the way. Like, I, that flashback to, like, when they're at, like, the airport and the way that Godzilla is portrayed there mm-hmm. um, yeah. is... So yeah. he was witness to everything that happened on Earth, and even the last tragedy as they lost some people as they made their way to the space shuttle specifically. He's someone who, you know, 
cares passionately about his people. Right at the beginning of the movie, like a lot of the older passengers on the ship are like jettisoned off, and, and it's kind of like a last straw where you know he's like, we we've been suffering too long, we've been lost too long, we gotta go back to Earth because like that's our only hope, and we can take the planet back, sort of thing. Because you know they they send all the old people off because they don't have enough food and they think they're gonna like well here like at least try to survive on this planet and then the ship, right because the ship cause, blows up so that was like a thing where they're at a planet and I think that like the higher ups kind of deem like it's not the best planet to land on but the older people basically saying like we can't you're right we can't say we're gonna take our chances there uh, the ship doesn't make it down mm-hmm. uh, to the planet um, there is um, you know some murmurs in the it, it, within the ranks that um was it an accident you know they right. did say that we were running low on supplies and, and such um so you know that's at play you know some of those right. like so you it's know, conspiratorial things, elements right but there's this this thing where he's like and he's someone again he he knows earth he remembers it and it's like that's our planet and we let them win so we need to go back and do it while there's other also humans on the ship that were born during this journey that are like the younger humans that are, you know, maybe like the kind of the, the younger, the, the kind of younger to older teens of the right. group that, they, that they, have never, they, they were there for 20 years. Yeah. So, space, so like yeah. I'm guessing like the, the people that are like kind of like 15 to 18, you know, that have been born on the ship that never saw earth that, that all they've seen are the holograms and stuff. And there's this kind of like dissonance where it's like our main character sees earth as, home whereas many of the other characters don't see that it's just another place another planet especially because we get to there's a scene where uh we have an exif and and the other guy uh yeah i i forget which one but uh metaphys is the uh and and, um and i forget the other metaphys definitely um is one of our uh, more pivotal uh right so it's like metaphys and, and our other kind of one of our other main uh Villa Saludos. Villa Saludos. I'm just. I'm, I'm never gonna get it right. I'll come in and help you. Uh, Villa Saludos characters, and they're kind of discussing this whole element of like. You also, know, the other thing, the Villa Saludos have one of those alien like weird names where they're all like it's like Elagulu, yeah. like, yeah. so it's kind of hard to remember those. Um, but they're kind of discussing how you know there's kind of this, this push into console to like their main console to shift to like return to Earth, and there's been like kind of this mysterious author like penning like a thesis on like returning to earth and you know it's kind of like this kind of central conspiracy in that sense where it's like our, our main earth character has kind of been getting help from the exif guys and stuff like that and one of the things that's, that's talked about is like how they view kind of view earth where they all both went to earth to like quote unquote help and that they kind of like both kind of like well you know your religion really wasn't taking off you know taking off the ground and it's like well your technology wasn't really helping either right. so and there's kind of like a, a understanding even there that like they were both trying to take over the planet yes but this this may be my favorite reimagination of the trope of the aliens coming right. down because both of them have been very both of them in terms of in the flashback they say that these two different alien races have have come to earth mm-hmm. And it really is interesting because they're both extremely similar to alien races we've seen. In fact, one of them, I believe, um, they even say, I think the the Bill of Pseudos, um, say that they're, they're you know, in, in their sense that, like, they're, like, a third. Yes, they th- did. The yeah. third whole black planet. Yeah. Th- third. It, it wasn't exactly that, but the way that they say where they're from, it's like we're from the third planet beyond the fifth star or something like, like from that. From the black yeah, hole, yeah. which is, like, again, our, our aliens from Mechagodzilla. But it's very much like, again, it's like 
you know, the Axif are very similar to the, you know, the the like, Axians in some yeah, ways. Right, yeah, 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 um, because they're like, because they come down and it's like, oh, like, you know, we'll show you the way and we'll help you. All you have to do is, like, follow the gospel. Follow and, our God and all yeah, that sort of and stuff. Yeah, and then the Bill of Saludos come down. It's like, no, we're going to build you, and spoiler alert, we're going to build you a Mecha Godzilla. Right. Um, so and they're, they're, ultimately, neither way works. Yeah, So they're, and they're similar, more similar to the Planet of the Apes aliens, especially, like, the Planet of the Apes aliens in Terror of Mecha Godzilla, where it's like we're kind of secretly putting together technology that will overtake your planet right um and it's like but again like that whole scene is very much them understanding like we were both focused on getting to this planet for different reasons we both were going to take it over and it's like there's kind of like this but that's all in the past now but not really like they both aren't right they're both kind of are suspicious of each other but they still both feel like our main human character that earth is their best shot because they haven't found anything they they both feel that way but you also get this sense that their their experience with this like nomadic lifestyle is a little bit different than because they even say that obviously being aliens they you know they function in space a little bit differently but um you know they mention that humans have not been without a planet as long as they have yes so their investment in you know in getting to earth is a lot less personal at least, at least it seems so all this to me was like maybe my most the the the, the best stuff yeah. in in the entire movie just not only because you're you're you mentioned it earlier and you're absolutely right that they just were able to really do a fresh take at a world in the godzilla universe yeah. and not only that but just like the character dynamics and the politics of like how they all work together was very intriguing and and I, it just worked I yeah. thought this does go to a little bit of an idea that I had watching this first movie especially in that I thought that again like the kind of the mini politics and kind of the different races and their different things were all very interesting but especially I mean and I guess like you know obviously the second movie gives things more time to breathe in terms of really more exploring at least one of the races but there was a part of me that wondered like in just again in a world where this could have happened if this would have if if this had been an actual like anime series like if it had been like a 13 to like 20 episode series where you really let the kind of relationships and personalities breathe a little bit more if it would have been a better case because i think one of the things that does happen especially in this first movie is you kind of have all this setup, and then even once they get to Earth, it kind of it's one of those things that simultaneously feels very kind of lengthy, I can kind of a slower pace, but also very condensed. Like it feels like mm. it just feels like a lot of things are still kind of putting together, and kind of a lot of steps like face Godzilla like happen super quickly and. I just kind of wonder if there is an opportunity for letting those kind of characters breathe a little bit. Because I think that's really where the characters falter is we get that set up when we get the base level of each of their character stuff. But there's really never a moment for them to kind of get to the next well, step but, further. But it's the lack of personality that hurts here most because you're right. Because earlier you mentioned like it really feels like you have the exif who are stoic religious elves essentially and then everybody else is kind of on that same level of yeah. being serious yeah. so so there is a level of that and then even uh, metaphys you only know 
more because oh he's the exifs he he is the exif that is Haru's friend yeah like so that that's the only reason you kind of like know and it's like helping his plan to get back to Earth right um so yes it it is something that hinders this bit a little bit more um because it's really like once you get to Earth and everything is very much step by step it's like they get to Earth hey the environment's not great hey Godzilla still exists hey. You know, we got our asses kicked by these kind of offshoot Godzilla pterodactyl things. Oh, there's Godzilla. Let's go do it. Right. That's basically kind of like it. There's really not much else. Again, not much more character exploration there. Not much more of that a room for that personality to grow. Um, and even like the little bits of the character moments we get are very much like they're all on the same path. So every time we see our main human character... He's essentially always raging at Godzilla, especially once they get to Earth. He's always like, "I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get you, Godzilla." Oh, once he gets down to Earth, he does what I consider to be one of the most anime things, where somebody asks him, like, you know, why are you doing what you're doing, and then he he's like, "This planet is not just a planet; it is our family. It is our it is our destiny, and the 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 ghosts of our past are coming back to haunt us, right, and I, I won't let them like." die in vain like he just goes on and And on yeah and then you know at one point they like find like you know they're like they think they find you know they basically eventually find out that even though they were in space for 20 years about twenty thousand years has uh yeah yeah, twenty thousand years has passed on earth and so they find like what they think is like what they when they first see it it's like ruins of a city and then they finally, you know, when so it's like, oh, it's really like the the ground grew around the city and then basically acclimated itself mm-hmm. to, you know, to become part of the planet. And then our main character like gets to the ground, is like, the planet remembered us. And it's kind of again very much in that same realm where it's like, at one point it was just like really, you know, I guess like there's a passion but you're also like really questioning this dude's sanity, right? Um, which really just makes it. There's even- a level. It's also just like. Just in terms of story, it's it's a bit much. And it, I mean, it is because again, you do you don't really, especially in the first movie, you don't really get a moment where someone calls him out on it because again, you know, like our other characters, some of them have other reasons for sticking around to Earth, especially um, like our Exif, especially. It seemed like there's there's more reasons for for him uh, to to be there, mm. um, even if it just seems like he wants to help help his buddy out. Um, he's kind of the one that's helping it around the most. But there really is, like, no moment of really... It's just everything's super serious, and so there's really no... There's just no moment of really exploring that rage. And and the problem is... Yeah, no, I agree. But the problem with all that is it's also exacerbated by the fact that the whole concept of the Planet of the Monsters is very lackluster. Yeah, because it's... Like, I remember... I distinctly remember that when this ended and all we got were those pterodactyl things, which I believe are called servums, um, I was like, really? That's it? I was like, that's kind of lame. Like, they yeah. couldn't even get, like, other types oh, of yeah. uh, types of monsters in there. Now, there's a cool idea that they hint at in this movie that they don't really explain, and I think they get more into it in the second one, that all the life on Earth has evolved from Godzilla. Right. They, yeah. they they start to imply that in this one. Like the plants and the, the those pterodactyl things are all basically kind of offshoots of like the energy and like the, the genetic material. The genetic made, material yeah. that Godzilla possesses. 
Um, which again is, is one of those things that is kind of a super interesting idea, but also again, doesn't really lead to the environments looking very interesting. Um, I think it, I think it's an idea that manifests itself better in the upcoming features than it does in, in this yes, one. Yeah. It definitely, like, I definitely think some of the color stuff and, and some of the environment stuff improves in, in at least the second one. I, I can't speak for the third one just yet but it also because again it's all very much like jungly but also not very interestingly jungly i think no, um yeah and it's very much like again it's like you know i kind of had the question of just like well we are on earth so why focus on this part of the planet like just because you know of course it's like the part of the planet that godzilla's at but is it like is there some significance is it like the only place it can land like there was never really an establishment like why why I mean, of course it's like near japan but like why not America? Like, like this is like, why not another part of the planet? It mm. really did feel like they just popped themselves there. And it's like, okay, well, this is what we're doing. Um, it is a big planet. So, but before we move on to the second one, because I think we're kind of like running out of things well, I to mean, say. I think the other thing, I mean, honestly, when you said we were going to do these two movies together, honestly speaking, once we saw that second one, I was like, well, yeah, because there honestly isn't too much to discuss in this first movie, like we have kind of repeated ourselves a little bit, but it very much is like very simplistic in its plotting uh, and in its design where there's not really too much to discuss with the first one, like in depth. Well, I mean, the fact that by the way that this movie ends, which is where we get a look at the real Godzilla. Right. So they so- basically have the plan mm-hmm. to, they, they see Godzilla and they're like amazed that it's like, Oh, like we can't believe Godzilla existed this long. And then there's like the theories, like, well, it could be like, could be an offspring, could be an offspring, or could be like, you know, the cycle of life where there's always only one Godzilla, kind of like the Sith. Like, there's a rule of one with Godzillas, yeah. uh, you know, or, or you know, or it's like, or there there was a big species, but then it has died off for some reason. So there's a lot of theories, but basically. Okay, this but then is there's like, if this is the same one, why doesn't it look any different? Like, even if it's an offspring, why is it kind of just look like the old Godzilla, yeah. like things like that? Um, so it's like all this sort of stuff. But they they kind of hatch a plan, you know. And it, it's basically like now they, you know, they like we have had years to plan this, and like you know, he, our, our main character has basically been like thinking about this for for a long time. Now the the information they have on Godzilla, and they have more technology because they've been traveling in space for so long. So it's like we like. What we couldn't do before, we just planned it wrong. We're going to do it now. Um, and so basically they go with this plan of just a kind of essentially like, you know, one person seemingly sacrifices themselves to get the final piece of information that they need of Godzilla. And, you know, our main character kind of goes, uh, the first fight they have kind of goes a little bit too gung-ho on it. Um, and, you know, almost kind of gets himself killed until the other guy makes his sacrifice. Then they have like the big plan, which is like they essentially have this big action sequence where they kind of lure Godzilla into kind of a rock slide. They, they figure out that the, the, the point of energy is like the dorsal fins. So they basically, you know, attack him enough where like, you know, he puts up this kind of, this kind of radiation shield that he has, but there's like a weak point. They focus on dorsal fins and they basically cause him to essentially like kind of melt down and explode. Yeah. Um, well, first things first, new Godzilla, right? New Godzilla design. Um, Okay, it's very much like we're doing an animated Godzilla, so we have to like go crazy, like weird. I I don't know how to describe it. It's like so basically like it's the smaller Godzilla, especially 
like it looks like he has way too many muscles. Like he has like yeah, the, I don't know why they had they felt the need to give him a, like abs. Right, he has like abs and like these big like neck right. like muscles that like uh and then just like arms. But he also looks like like very much like he was like chiseled out of like a rock or the Great Dooku Tree from right. the Ocarina of Time. What I'm what I'm what I meant to say before is like it really feels like this was a Godzilla where they're like, we're doing it in animation, so we need to make it stylized in some way. And I feel like they did. Huh. You think so? Well, because like... I mean, like compared to Shin Godzilla? I mean, it just felt like you... It just felt like the muscle stuff was just too much. Right. Like it really felt like if you just had streamlined that element of it and just kind of made it a little bit more like just kind of like a traditional Godzilla look, it was would have fared better. I just felt like there was kind of like, oh, we need to do like these big like neck muscles and like, you know, kind of a like a, a, a stony looking design because we're in animation. That's what I felt like. I, uh, okay. Um, I'm of mixed feelings about it because it's not my favorite design. Um, but, so the idea I believe behind this Godzilla, so the, the code for this Godzilla is Godzilla Earth, is, is that's what this yeah. Godzilla is called. Um, I don't think it's ever called that in in these films, but that's kind of like the official name of, of this Godzilla. Yeah. And given how it looks, I believe the idea, which is what I often kind of, um, you know, side with, is that the I think the idea is like it's literally made out of all the material that we had seen on the planet thus far. So yeah. earlier we see the plants and that they're like razor sharp because they're made out of like possibly the same like material that Godzilla is made out of, um, which like this indestructible material. So, um, so when you take a look at him, there is that level of, he just looks like wood and like stone and and all that stuff. I think there may have been a better way to kind of visualize that a little bit more because it, it looks a little odd. Yeah. But I get, and I think that the the muscular design was intentional by the designers because I think they were going for a this is just a raw primal like yeah. the the nature itself is is literally fused with its like body. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't disagree. I don't like deny that it was like intentional. It's just like looks weird to me yeah it, it, it's not it, it's definitely not my favorite just, I, I again i think it's just it looks like this is overthinking to me that's what i kind of mm. thought that it's just like there's there's it's one of those things i think a lot of times happens in cg animation where you do all like the detail and all the intensity of like the details of a design or a location and i feel like it just d- gets lost sometimes in the execution hmm Okay. I feel the same way about cars too. <laughs> um but uh so yeah, so so that's the big thing. Uh and to but to be fair, that that being said, story-wise and narratively-wise, I do think that what the movie and the series does is rightfully portray the indestructible godlike nature of uh, especially when you get to the real Godzilla Earth by the end of yeah. the, the the film. So they, they they defeat what they think is Godzilla, but then they realize like the mountain that was just right behind them is actually like a massive Godzilla that has power and size beyond any comprehension. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I think it it honestly earns its Godzilla Earth's name. Yeah. Um, like 
and this it we and we've all done the whole yes we know Godzilla is a storm and they always do this but this isn't the Godzilla that rises up from the ocean and causes like you know some really heavy waves this is a Godzilla that its footsteps causes an earthquake it waving its tail is like a hurricane that explodes everything and its atomic breath is um just devastating and can reach up into space yeah it's like it's that i mean it's like again it's a godzilla that has been growing for two you know uh twenty thousand years it's it's just basically it's the same godzilla that they you know that they encountered when they left the planet and it's just never stopped getting bigger never stopped growing and so yeah the movie essentially ends with they think they've succeeded they see, you know, this other Godzilla essentially like come out of the mountain and 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 huge, and then that basically Godzilla just completely devastates them, destroys all their materials, and scatters everybody, and that's kind of the end of the movie. I have to say real quick before you get into that, I do like how the atomic breath is um, presented. Yes, in, yes, in I will film. say that that's one of the stronger elements of this Godzilla interpretation on both like, the smaller one and, and at the at the bigger one. They just got it right by like adapting the whole how the the dorsal fins glow and there's like that electromagnetic like electric energy that's like subtle but like just as much as a red yeah. flag and then the blast that comes out is so devastating mm-hmm. that i i i enjoyed yeah, all I think of that. i think i think it's definitely a stronger element uh one of the stronger elements of this Godzilla but basically the movie ends just on this kind of note of just like oh shit like there's yeah. a bigger monster out there like there's that's the, that's really why we why we're here and that leads to your point that it really does feel like by the time that ends, you're like, oh, okay, so this is what the series is. Yes. So then you're kind of, yeah, you're right. And then you're kind of like, okay. And it's just like, again, there there is like, an, there is kind of an, it's one of those things, because again, there is just enough of just like, I kind of want to see a little bit more of just like the politics of these alien races, which again, I hope, like when I, at the end of this first movie, um, it was kind of like, well, I hope they kind of explain upon, upon that more. And I just hope there's more depth in these upcoming ones, because it really just felt like, it was like it was just enough to basically be like if I wasn't watching these, and I think this is also to 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 an extent where the Netflix thing kind of helps it too, where it's like if I was seeing this in like a theater or something, I definitely would have been more of like yeah, I was paying for it to go to the theater. It right. definitely would have been more of a oh okay, I guess that's it. But then like with the Netflix thing and kind of. You know, and it has a post credit scene and everything like that. There is a little bit more of like, well, I might as well. That's right. kind of like the feeling that I kind of. I, obviously, I have to watch it for. It this really podcast. does feel like an anime first episode. It really does. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. a, it really does feel like, you know, if this had been kind of like an episode of an anime series, and then you kind of had, you know, like twelve more episodes that really meant, went more in depth. Or that. at most, you you would feel like this was like an entire season condensed into one movie. That too. Yeah. Or like. Or it could have been like the movie, and then the the rest of it is a series. Like there's like a number of things you could have done. Like just again, like this never was in the cars. It was a series or something like that. But like that's, I just felt like there. It just felt like again a pilot. It felt like like we're setting things up, and now it's going to get interesting. Yeah. Um, But I also, I mean, again, when you even get to that last point, like what's also interesting about, especially in this first movie with with the main characters, like there's kind of sense where again, like he's blinded by his rage and he just wants to beat Godzilla no matter the cost but again like the cost is never that big because the first you know the things that happen on earth is they get kind of surprise attacked by these pterodactyl creatures which they didn't know exist and you know wasn't really his fault at all 
uh, and that's like kind of where the question of like, should we abandon it? You know, should we leave? And then they face Godzilla the first time to get that final piece of information on the weak point. And yes, like the one guy kind of like, quote unquote, sac- you know, go, go, you know, he sacrifices, himself, sacrifices yeah. himself and to, uh, to get it. And then he's like the one death. And then essentially his death puts our main character in charge. So he doesn't really get. Like, I also did like that. I, I did like that kind of beat because he, he dies saying like, screw this planet. Like yeah. he just like, yeah. it, which is kind of like a nice beat that the guy who sacrifices himself would have opted to just leave. Yeah. And it, there, there is something I, I do like about that. So it's like, then we get to that point where it's like, yeah, so that guy sacrifices himself. And then that puts our main character in charge. Um, and so he's, of course, he's like, you know, and everybody basically is like, yeah, let's do Godzilla thing. And then the last fight, they succeed in killing what they thought was the only Godzilla. And again, the next thing that happens, which is like the original Godzilla coming up, waking up, you know, no one knew about that. So it's not like, oh, man, like you really screwed up this time. Like there's not much of this movie to like really put that character in a bind. Right. Which I think is like, again, feels very first episode-ish because you don't want to like pull that in but when it's his own individual movie it just kind of feels like there's really not that many real big obstacles for him to overcome so it kind of like it's one of those things again it just makes sense as kind of a pilot as a prologue but it doesn't really help it out as a movie i agree well um you were hoping for um some better things to come so let's see what's to come right after this short little break Myself for being suspicious of them. I try not to be so judgmental of humans. However, being confined on that ship while struggling to live on dwindling supplies, it's normal for people to turn on each other. Our planet wasn't the only thing Godzilla stole. Justice, faith, and basic human dignity. He's even taken that away from us. That's the reason why. We need to fight Godzilla again. We need to take back the pride we lost. Um, all right, so we're back. And uh, we're back on the edge of Battle City. City on the edge of battle. No, the battle... Battle, battle man, Battlezilla City. Uh, yeah, that's Battle City. That's like a Yu-Gi-Oh type of thing. Is, yeah, it's, yeah it, it, that's like when it would have been like, they, you know how sometimes on those they like have like the name, but then like mm-hmm. whatever the arc of like that season is is like the subtitle. So like all the time when it first started, it would be like Yu Gi Oh, but like this time it's like Yu Gi Oh, Battle City. I always never liked that. Yeah, Transformers Prime did that. That's a good show. It's like season one, two, and then season three is Transformers Prime Beast Hunters. You know what it is. It's that little, and you shouldn't be when you're watching something like Transformers, like a cartoon, because you know that there's an element where it's just like um, for toys. Mm-hmm. But like when you see, like when it says Transformers Beast Hunters, like you you see the toy line in your head, like all pretense that like this isn't a toy line goes away. Yeah. By the way, Battle City is a, actually a Yu-Gi-Oh thing. Oh, okay. It's a the tournament. It's a Battle City tournament. That's what Kaiba hosts uh. Uh, after he. Like you know, after you you know, after the first thing with Pegasus, mm-hmm. that's like the second big arc. I know it because of Yu-Gi-Oh Bridge. Well, so that's it for for these epi- for this episode. Um, 
So I hope you enjoyed our conversation about that. Um, yeah, uh, part two of the uh, of the an- anime series, yeah, and, so and I think that uh, this is a uh, city on the edge of battle. This is where things get really interesting. I think. Um, yeah. Because once again, first time viewing for you, mm-hmm. second time viewing uh, for me. Um, so yeah, so uh, we we last left off with uh, Godzilla Earth uh, showing himself um, obliterating yeah. uh, the uh, uh, most of uh, Haro's our our um, our um, protagonist's um, company. Right. No, like it's just kind of destruction scatters everybody, destroys all. You know all all their ships and stuff like that as they they see, and then of course also what kind of leads into it is that the first movie does end on a post credit scene mm, where right we, right we see our our main protagonist in some sort of hut somewhere, and then we see that he uh, there's a a girl seemingly like a, a girl native to Earth mm-hmm. with him, and that's basically where this second movie opens right. up. It's that so so this movie. Um... So this movie is interesting for me. the The second part leans in more into all the interesting things that I think worked in the first one. Yes, a, a little bit more. I definitely um, think it's overall better than the yeah, first movie. Um, it definitely ends in a more satisfying way. Um, it, it it's it's chock full of stuff. It's got a lot of stuff. It does. It. it does stuff. Um, it's stuff itself with stuff. Yeah, and um, but it, again, it, it kind of gets into. The world building, which it, it, it just creates this whole new, fresh Godzilla world that I think really works. Um, and it gets more into the the alien races with the in, in this one particular, the Bill of Saludos. Um, and then it gets more into the thematics uh, with those characters and like the different ideologies between all the different races. So overall, I, I think this one is was definitely just overall stronger. Um, it's definitely more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Conflict-wise and everything, it's just, it just holds together mm-hmm. a, a little bit more. Um, it, it, it still maintains some of the issues that I think I had about the first one, mainly like the lack of like any kind of like um, fun or personality um, with it. Um, th- I think because th- that was alleviated a little bit more because you don't get crazy like the Godzillas in these movies aren't crazy but the overlooming threat of Godzilla Earth kind of like you feel it a little bit more mm-hmm. and you get like a lot of nice little Godzilla moments that yeah. keep that element going um so overall like especially watching this again i i just really um i had fun watching this this one i mean the thing for me is like if that first one was kind of had that pilot feel of like or like that kind of not strong pilot feel where it's like just doing the basic setup this movie is kind of like later in the season where we now have that room to breathe in terms of deeper developing kind of the world and the characters now the, the characters don't still have the characters still don't have that much more depth to them but like we get more into kind of the elements of the different races and and the true relationship that they have with each other we get another element of earth introduced and kind of you know even the characters reacting to you know this underground society that we find just informs their characters so much already that more so than what that first movie did um it 
and it kind of kind of switches up. We we get a little bit more color in this one. I feel like, um, especially. Oh it, yeah, in, I, in, I thought the look of this one was yeah, especially once we get superior. to the city. There's a lot more like purple and like that final battle, really light and really colorful. Uh, not light in terms of uh like light banter, but like light in terms of there's more light mm-hmm. uh and like more red and yellow. And I think like just it was more pleasant to look at. The character dynamics, again, even if the characters still don't have the greatest amount of depth, the character dynamics still get a little bit more interesting. Um, so definitely just an overall, again, like like that pilot scenario. It's like we get where do, later. Do you feel like it picked up from like the pilot in a, in a positive way? Would yes. You, yeah. yeah, just very much like it's like that, okay, now, even immediately, like we just, there's more intrigue. Again, we get introduced to more elements of the world, and it just... I think it immediately like does more to grab me in than that first one did. What's interesting is I went into this one remembering from my first view of all three of them that this was my least favorite one, um, and rewatching it now, uh, not necess- like not the case. Um, mm-hmm. I, the trilogy again, from just what I can say without spoiling the the third one, the trilogy for me over time has started to kind of have that. Age of Ultron syndrome for at least, you know, in this in, in this house. In this household. Uh, yeah. in, in this household where, you know, I mean, you know, you and I, I think, I don't know if we've ever mentioned that we're, we're like the big fans of that movie. We, we've stand for that movie quite a bit yeah. over the years. But, but what I would say if I had to like look at it from like an objective point of view, the, 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 the biggest kind of like critical thing I would say about it is like, I think like like it actually is doing a lot of really cool interesting things for the subject matter it just can be a little bit awkward in the details of it at mm-hmm. times and that's kind of like how the anime trilogy is for me and knowing me a lot of like all what it's going for and like the bigger not ideas cuz i think it's easier to say like oh the themes are great but i actually think like the 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 swings that it's taking are paying off for me is what yeah. I'm, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Even if like the form is not great all the time. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes um, sense. so, and I feel that way the most with this, with, with, with this one that after really watching it, I, I, I found, um, just a lot of enjoyment out of just the, like, again, like the world building and, and the ideas. So like the first big thing is like, like, if if like if you were to distill kind of like what this one was about because like the first one is a lot about like oh like humanity reclaiming the earth and we have to find our way back home um this one was a lot more it got even deeper into that for me where this one is like the one where it's really starting to get into the meat of those ideas You're right and like it- this is the one saying like listen the home that you wanted to come back to is not the home that you left. Yeah. And that's an easy kind of like, Oh, frivolous thing to say, but I feel like this entry really sinks its teeth into that theme. And I think it's also really does have a larger thematic, which is truly like, how far will you go? That's the, like the real obvious theme of it. I well, think but I right. think that that again, inherently just gives it more depth than that first one where I think like the first one very much was kind of, very much just on a standard plot and like had those had themes, but basically was more focused on the plot of, okay, beat Godzilla. Whereas this one, because there's this more depth of like just a general, how far are you willing to go? What sacrifice are you willing to make? Um, 
especially you know within conjunction again if we get a deeper exploration of one of our alien races here right it does just lend itself to just a more satisfying enjoyable watch because you do have a larger pie to sink your teeth into yeah um the so so like the first kind of like big like piece of, of the of the movie is is that we are introduced to these natives that live on the planet. Yeah. Um. And um. Obviously, I think that you know where it's going because uh, two of the main natives happen to be twins. Yes. So it's kind. Of, you know, what? I have to be honest. Um. Even though I knew what they were referencing as they get more into like as they start talking a little bit more completely over my head the first time I ever watched it that I'm like, oh yeah, twins. Like that aspect of right. it kind of went over my head a little right. bit. Right. So that we get the introduce like the one who there's two of them and obviously we get to introduce one who in, Yeah, Mayina our, Miana. Yeah, yeah. One of them saves our main character and is kind of a little bit more like it seems like she's like a little bit more kind of caring or a little bit more kind of like right mm-hmm. you know on that side whereas like the other one she's a little bit more bubbles the other one's a little bit more butter right the other the other twin is a little bit more like battley and and, mm-hmm. and warrior-esque but they're still twins um i will say and, and it kind of gets into they discover that there is like a some sort of race of aliens on earth they uh so twins specifically have some form of telepathy that can be translated into all their different languages so it's not like they can converse with these natives but they are able to communicate in some fashion at some point uh and these humans essentially live underground um which is what i'll start with there's like another element that kind of leads into the rest of the plot but i will kind of say this i thought that of everything we've seen thus far this was my favorite reinterpretation of a classic Godzilla thing mm-hmm. um, because it took the general idea of, because again, with twins, it's like referencing, of course, Mothra and there is this kind of egg of their former God. Um, you know, it's like their God died and left the egg and they, they, they asked the egg and you know, the egg is kind of what they focus their, their world around their, their society. I thought this, the having the twins like that, I love the design of them. I love how just again, kind of a little more colorful. They kind of have like a bluish hair and like all the markings on them, um, and just kind of the general design. I thought was very like pleasing and 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 very just even fun to watch on screen. Um, I thought that this was a great way to kind of introduce the idea of. Um, you know, because the, the the praising of Mothra has always been a big part of the Mothra lore. We kind of uh, sort of joked about it over the course of the history of this podcast, but it was a great way to introduce kind of like, okay, there's a society, they have this this egg and they can communicate with it. And again, the, we have like kind of a new version of the, the Shobajin in these twins. I just thought that this was, and I don't know where it goes. I don't know if we'll ever actually get to see Mothra or if they're, you know, obviously I think it'll play somewhat into the third movie just because of where we leave them off. But I just thought that this was kind of a very like fun way to introduce a fun element of the Godzilla franchise. And it was kind of the one that of all these reinterpretations so far, this is the one that kind of drew me in the most of these first two. Yeah. Mothra. So my uh, recollection is never mentioned by name either. I think in this, in, in this no. movie, no, they, they just basically referenced the egg and, right. and, and the fact that it was like, again, they had a God, it got killed by Godzilla, and the the god left the egg, and so they again they they talk and communicate to the egg through these telepathic twins. 
Yeah, uh, and, and for me, I, I completely I, I second all of that. Um, and then just kind of like on that another level for me is so they introduce these characters like that they're like the natives, like they're and then there's kind of like a conversation of like you know did humanity evolve into these new natives and then they kind of joke around with you know the bill of Salus kind of like brush them off and many of them brush them off it's just kind of nice like no this is like a de-evolution like you guys kind of went back to being cavemen essentially but as as the series kind of as the as the episode or movie goes on um it's kind of um implied that these whatever the like the twins are especially are another genetic offshoot of everything else that has been going on in the planet and not to say there are like related to godzilla but there's some sort of commonality between godzilla and the rest of the planet that these natives share Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where this movie starts opening up this idea that oh no like it's not that like this like that you know we left behind the earth and like it's the earth that we know it's like this earth has literally the tide of evolution on this planet has completely shifted to something completely unrecognizable by us so the implication that these natives aren't even of human ancestry right yeah um which is just conceptually right up my alley like yeah and and i think it's also again that the again i think it's important to note that the you know that they are dismissed, especially by the uh, the Bill of Saludos, Bill of Saludos, uh, as primitive. You know, and it very much plays into the Bill of Saludo plot line and their characters throughout this movie. Is that they're very much dismissed as like, oh, like look at them. They're just, they're using spears and they're underground and like well, this is this is a joke. Like essentially, this is a de-evolution, and they're they, they have no. They have no qualms with be like, well, we need to get out of here so we can just kill them all and we'll be fine. Right, yeah, yeah, you um, did say because that. Because, like, again, it's like they just see it as like there's no point. But then we do get to see that they are, you know, there's definitely more than meets the eye and they, they can communicate through different languages through that telepathy, especially, like, in conjunction with the egg. They are able to kind of learn the human words very quickly and, like, know their kind of meaning very quickly. Um and even as they go down, like you, you kind of even get hints where it's like there's a little bit more technology down there in terms of how the doors work and then just the way that the system works and then meets the eye. Um, especially considering um, kind of the other thing that's discovered about these uh, this society, which gets into the kind of the rest of the movie, is at some point they like kind of like are returned to the surface, and there's kind of this area where these this kind of they call it they call it the Shining Valley. Yeah, where like basically like if you stand on it, you get attacked by these. Oh, sorry, sorry, not not that part. I was jumping ahead. Yeah. It's basically kind of like a worm pit. Right. Yeah. It's basically yeah. So it's like a worm kind of like you know planty worms kind of like take you, and so they you know the our twins kind of save our heroes, but then the Bill of Saludo kind of getting that now. Uh, the Bill of Saludo recognize that the spears are able to pierce these creatures when their guns can't really even do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they realize like, Oh, this is the nanotechnology that we had introduced to earth to build Mechagodzilla. So definitely still exists. Now this was a plot point that we kind of like skimmed over when we were talking about movie one. Um, this very brief mention of Mechagodzilla. Yeah. So 
just kind of looking back at that, like when you watch that, like what, like what was your going into all of these? What was your knowledge, if any, of Mecha Godzilla in these? And then, I, if getting that little Easter egg in part one, where did you, where was your headspace? So at I knew, that? I knew you had told me, or at least I hear you mentioned. I think that Mecha Godzilla was involved in the second movie. Mm-hmm. I did know that, and I knew. I didn't know specifics, but I knew it was like a very different interpretation of mm-hmm. Mechagodzilla, which again, watching the movies makes sense because everything is so differently interpreted. Uh, seeing that first part, um, I really, it was kind of like, you didn't really get a sense of what it actually was. It seemed like it was some sort of control room. Essentially, like how it is in the first movie is they introduce and build this Mechagodzilla and essentially it's like almost ready to go but Godzilla attacks it before they can really get it off the ground, right. before they can start their attack. So they have to basically abandon, quote-unquote, abandon ship before they're even actual to attack. So um, I thought it was basically like kind of intriguing. I, I felt like, you know, we were going to get a little bit more of what was happening on Earth with those two races. Again, especially with the hinting in the first movie that they both had ulterior motives with the planet. Um, so I thought that the Mecha Godzilla thing, I kind of was like, I knew it was going to come back, but I kind of suspected like, that's going to be something that, that exists because it's basically like mostly built or was mostly formed before mm. they were able to, 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 to do it. So the idea in this film is that they were using a nano to the Bill of Saludos when they were originally, um, building Godzilla on earth, they were using like a nanotechnology and the idea now that it has been 20,000 years earth time and that facility that housed all the nanotechnology being used to that was de- at the time destroyed by Godzilla actually evolved with the rest of the planet and basically created recreated the city on its own and essentially Mecha Godzilla Mecha Godzilla has become Mecha Godzilla City yeah. and the entire so this entire valley is one giant like m- mech facility that's run by the AI of Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in comes Nick. The biggest point of contention about this film is this portrayal of Mechagodzilla. Um, so, you know, it's interesting because it really is subject to how you feel about the idea uh, of it. I actually... Everything about how they reinterpret a lot of these monsters is has I, I I didn't hate before, but they're really really growing on me now. Yeah, and because this movie is swinging for it, like there's almost nothing really recognizable about like a lot. And I shouldn't say unrecognizable, but they're really making efforts to do something new, but um, recognizable with it. Um, and I think that this idea of making it a city, as you know, I know a lot of people probably roll their eyes, is actually really interesting. My one point of contention, though, is, and it's probably the biggest thing that I actually don't blame people for not loving it as much as they could have. And I think that this series could have done itself a lot of favors by just doing this, is simply the design of the city. Mm-hmm. Like, would it have killed them to like make the center tower something? Like look a little bit like Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, no, I agree because it's like I guess there's like a hint or, or some sort of showcase of just like the original design was 
generally like an actual right. Mechagodzilla type of design that's evolved. But I generally agree, like, even if, like, the center tower was, like, the original head of, like, you know, the, like, the main room was, like, the original head of it. Right. And, I, that, and I, then it evolved from that. I think more attention could have been given to it. Because if you, if you didn't call it, if you didn't have any of that story thing, you could have just said this was the facility. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. There's, there really isn't anything. Because that's really the thing where it's, like, it just becomes, uh, like, a general, like, kind of sci-fi type of city. Mm-hmm. That really doesn't really bear anything to Mechagodzilla other than being part of the backstory. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't look all that interesting. But to kind of give you a sense of like how people seem to feel about this, this is the Galactus being a cloud uh, for the Godzilla series for a lot of people. I can, I, you know what? Yeah. I can see that because it's it's one of those things where you know I me, mean, I love Mechagodzilla, right? And it is kind of a thing where. I guess I don't have an opinion on it one way or the other. I, I guess I'm kind of on the sense of like they're doing something different with like everything mm-hmm. in this movie, so like oh, why not? And I think the kind of nano technology kind of leads into some interesting kind of character stuff and 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 elements of the film. But I also really do concede that it really there's nothing about the city itself that screams Mechagodzilla. Like, yeah, for for me, it's mostly like it's kind of my opinion about this franchise. It's like there's been so many of them that like the 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 fact that they wanted to go this route with it I doesn't that's, fundamentally that's affect really, me. I mean, that's really the thing. It's like I've pretty much been satisfied with all other Mechagodzillas, mm-hmm. and there's already been like you know all these is generally the same, but like Mechagodzilla more so than any other monster or kaiju has like gone through the most different types of interpretation where it's like, Oh, it's like a controlled robot. No, it's like part of the, you know, this thing it's like, right. Can split up like all that sort of stuff. But so I- it's like, it's like, and also it's like, again, it's, I just think it's like the nature of what these movies are. It's just like, they're doing so much different stuff with everything mm-hmm. that they do that, I, I, I won't say that this is, like, the best Mechagodzilla. It's, and I guess I can't even say it's, like, really, like, something I love. But I'm also just not going to get, like... I'm not getting my, my panties in a bunch I, I, about this one. I like it. I, I just think that the biggest missed opportunity of the entire thing, and honestly, probably my biggest criticism, is that, like, I, I think that it was a little misguided just to kind of be like, it's Mechagodzilla that just kind of evolved into this thing. Cause you can see like, that's where the swerve came in. Like they planted Mechagodzilla in the first one. You can see a little bit of what it looks like. Um, they even released um, like, and I think this is why people were getting upset is because they released um, uh, promo materials of this is what Mechagodzilla looks like. And you can actually see what looks like a Mechagodzilla face in the poster and like, kind of like, the subversion is like it's this city. Now, I think you could still ultimately do that. I don't think that there's anything wrong with like no, there's not as an audience you thinking you're going to get like Mech versus Godzilla, but then it ends up being this idea of a bigger city. But I think that more attention could have been given to still maintaining that Mecha Godzilla versus Godzilla element element while also maintaining this idea that it evolved into this bigger thing. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Especially, like, if it's, like, something, like, within marketing material and stuff like that. Like, I would generally agree that there was just a smarter way to still make it Mechagodzilla. Because I'll be honest, I, I, my, I didn't hate it, but my knee-jerk reaction was, oh, man, like, we're not going to get, like, a Mechagodzilla. Right. And, and again, but I think a lot of that would have been alleviated by, like, 
redesigning the city, like making, making it more interesting. Looking. Yeah, yeah. Like, and even if you were to go and integrating in, that Mechagodzilla idea more into the city. Yeah, like, I think like again, if it's like evolving from Mechagodzilla, these nano machines. Like even if it's something like, well, it like took the original design or the little the, the initial coding right. of it, what it looked like, and then integrated that into this larger cityscape. Or alternative idea, you could have just had it where the the city and the facility was like intact for some, like it was it was kept intact, and they're like, wait a minute, how is this still standing here? And then like if it was something like. Oh, it's being run by the AI that we created for Mecha Godzilla, and that AI knows how to defeat him. Like we can't figure it out, but we designed Mecha Godzilla to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, and then even then you would still have a little bit more of like, oh, it's Mecha Godzilla versus Godzilla. Yeah, and I and I think that even would go into like what happens with the Bill of Pseudo later in the movie. Yeah, so that would be my biggest criticism of the movie, and and it's why I don't give. I I, I still think. The yeah. hate, the hatred, still comes out of a little bit of like petty fan stuff, but I, I don't, bl- I don't, right? I empathize with not liking. I, I do it. think it's a cool idea. I just think that again, I would agree that integrating the Mechagodzilla ness into the city instead of kind of having the city replace Mechagodzilla, I right, think would have been a smarter move. Because it is funny because you're right. Despite how you, we f- we know you feel about any of the other Mechagodzillas, the fact that that Mechagodzilla still feels like like a kaiju like or it feels like yeah it's this version where all, it, it, this one doesn't quite have that all the other yeah all the other stuff we've seen so far um definitely still kind of integrates the core element of the original character so even like the mothra stuff you not mentioned my name but it, it gets that core element of like she's worshipped she leaves mm-hmm. an egg like it gets that core element just in a new way and godzilla same thing it's like this destructive force of nature you know, it drives humanity to the brink, all that sort of stuff. It's like now he's like one with the earth and stuff like that. But it's like this one, it just feels like you just need a little bit more of that something from an original Mechagodzilla. Right. Now, um, now what two, a couple people who are very jazzed about finding Mechagodzilla this way are the Bill of Saludos themselves. Yes. yes. They could not be happier they, that this is happening. They are rock hard yeah. at this. Like they are literally like bursting out of their pants. Yeah, they, just, they they are they are harder than the nano metal. Yeah. Like they they are just they are so happy that Mechagodzilla has evolved in this way. And and to be fair, I do there is some again getting back to those more um the nature uh thematics of it. Like there is something an interesting parallel where everything else has kind of evolved over the past 2000 years and that you know mecha godzilla and the nano metal has evolved uh in in a certain way mm-hmm. um so it is interesting that some of the the technology has also kind of engulfed the way now it is interesting and it's not completely novel but i like how it plays is that the um the natives refer to the nano metal and everything about it as poison mm-hmm. like that's how they see it um, so that's kind of like an interesting wrinkle in into everything going on. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so so they're all about it, and they're like, "This is our. This is really our last hope about how we can defeat Godzilla." Which narratively, I think the movie earns. I think that right, when you're watching it, you're like, "Oh, th- this could turn the tide." Essentially, basically, th- there's you know our main character still is holding out hope. You know, at the beginning of the movie that they can defeat Godzilla. Like his whole thing is like. Well, it worked once on the smaller Godzilla, so we can just do it on the bigger Godzilla. We just have to kind of replan. Whereas, like everybody else at that point is kind of 
more on the fence of like, well, we should get back to the ship. Like, you know, we should find like, you know, we can't communicate with the ship right now. Like we need to like, you know, and there's a whole thing that really doesn't play where it's like, you know, the, the console gives them like 48 hours to respond. Cause like, you know, Oh, they like, they've been destroyed by Godzilla. Like this Godzilla can shoot his laser into space. And then they're like, we should just get out of here. And then the, uh, exif are like, well, we don't like to leave survivors. So the president is like, listen, we're going to give them 48 hours. It's a very contrived reason yeah, for having them not leave. Yeah, yet. it's yeah. one of those things where it's like it really doesn't matter yeah. because what ends up happening is it, it's one of those things like it's like it's almost 48 hours. We should just go. And then they, they at the last minute they like get a signal. But basically they're kind of searching for the signal. But like our main character is like holding out hope like we can still beat him. Everybody else is kind of like let's at least get like let's get in contact with the ship. But as soon as the, the Bulacito. Bulacitos. Bulacitos. I'm trying. Um, see the the spear with the uh, Mechagodzilla metal, they're immediately like, we can do this because we have Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. It still exists. I will so say- then that basically convinces everybody. So then they send down the dropship and everybody's like, no, we'll go for Mechagodzilla. We'll give it a shot. The, the one thing I will say that is actually enriched uh, by cutting up back to the space station is that we're given a little bit more of a glimpse of about how the EXIF work, mm-hmm. is that they they really work on this kind of like weird sort of pr- uh, prophetic... Um, way of looking at the you know at time and everything and it, it's not fully explained but it, it adds a little bit more dimension right. to what's going on with yeah. them and they're again a very much like we see them as religious we see them as you know in terms of how they pray and how they worship it's very like prophetic yeah and very like kind of uh metaphysical in a lot of right ways. yeah um but the, the the stars thematically of the film are the Bill of Saludos. Yes. Yeah. So and basically, like I said, like the first movie is really about the human experience. This movie is about the Bill of Saludos, and I can just assume the third one's about the exif. Like it feels like each movie focuses itself on a different race. So the Bill of Saludos are the really the main focus, and their their culture, their belief system. Everything about them is like put on center stage in this movie. So like what what is ultimately kind of revealed in the in this film is that the Billa Saludos are clearly like we already know them as like the the engineers like you know we're gonna build our ways out of this and everything but it goes to the point where the Billa Saludos whole creed is like we can build our way into becoming gods essentially like we can like our innovate our will and innovation will get us on top of the food right as as uh, as, uh, our main ex of uh Metaphys? Uh, uh, Metaphys. Metaphys says it's essentially like they feel like they need to become monsters to beat monsters. And Mm -hmm. that's essentially what they say is like, if we are to defeat a monster, we need to be something bigger. Well, than not what only we are. not only need to like that's kind of like They're what great. bigger privilege could there be than to um, become the most powerful thing right, and they, overcome it? They already say, you know they kind of already hint at that, but it's part of their characters early in the movie when they encounter our underground race because they're the ones that are basically like this is this is nothing like like de-evolution is like the worst thing that can happen to you it's like you're going backwards so it's like again like they would have no problem just killing off that entire underground society because they see it as like it's a failure that actually kind of like enlightened me to a bit where and again like don't want to get too far ahead of myself but it is interesting because then the knowledge that well they're not a de-evolution they're actually an evolution possibly of something else because 
one of the of many of the big because it's an anime so there's many big speeches uh but one of the many big speeches is that and this is where i think it finally comes to a head of what's going on with earth where it's like listen man and humanity had their time where they were the most dominant thing on the planet then everything got messed up then you left and now monsters and thus godzilla is the top of the food chain like mm-hmm. that is like basically th- what they're implying is evolution is following in the footsteps of godzilla and you know how much i love a, a explanation of how like uh, how pivotal godzilla is, like how much of like a badass godzilla is not only is like godzilla just the king of the monsters he's li- literally the king of the flow of evolution on this planet yeah so so the fact that you know, they are not only building Godzilla, but as we come to learn, will actually use the nanotechnology to fuse their body, mind, and spirit with Mecha Godzilla City and therefore becoming uh, the next Godzilla, essentially, yes. is what yeah. their plan is. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it works. Like, honestly, it, like, to me, like, it, it worked in spades. It's just, like, again, that kind of as a twist. And, and it, kind of the whole thing, it's like, and they, and, and eventually it comes into them seeing our main human character as a, as a possible contemporary to them. Because, right, because they, they're like, you get it. Like, like they're basically like, you get because, like, you know you so desperately want to beat Godzilla, but that you know you have to become something more than human. Mm-hmm. You have you because because they're like humanity failed. That's the fact of it. Humanity failed and ran away. You know in your heart of hearts that you need to become bigger than humanity because if you want to stay as humanity, you will fail again because you their belief system like you cannot beat the top. Mm-hmm. So you need to become the top. Right. And, uh, and and they embrace that just as much. They're like, you know, we can't be like. It's like, why would you like want to stay in this mortal form? Like, they're those types of. Yeah. Uh, well, it's uh, funny because again, like the way it's revealed is like they're just kind of getting through the city as it's like kind of getting to like its final like preparations and like you know there's kind of discussions like do we need to you know move it up because Godzilla like is kind of starting to notice or something like that. And then, like, other recruits are kind of talking about, like, isn't this kind of crazy? Like, there's there's so much going on. They just see one of the one of that one of the Billis um, uh just merge with the wall. Right. And so then they like run into the control room, like, like the city's eating people. Like the city's like eating the the Bilisolato. And then the, the the main two are just like, oh, of course they are. Like that was the plan the whole time. We also didn't mention in the first one there's like a professor character, um, and uh, who's very much needed. And I actually ended up liking that character a lot in the in the in the second one, mm-hmm. and mostly because he is like the obligatory like has to explain certain things character but uh he starts to give some information like hey listen like our time in this mecha godzilla city is a ver- be- oh because when they went to the natives the natives atmosphere acclimated to the humans fairly quickly yes um, so they can like take off their suits and stuff yeah like that. and they were able to heal some of the, the the members including our main character quickly um but then he had said that uh, some of these, some of the members of their company, when they're in Mecha Godzilla City, they're like now reacting adversely to the atmosphere. And then when they left, then you know, then they got better. Mm-hmm. So kind of adding a little bit more to the natives. They, they, oh, there's something poisonous about, um, yeah, about the about Mecha Godzilla City. Um, obviously, clearly, we, we get the the parallel there and what they're saying. But yeah. um, it, it it is it is interesting nonetheless. Um, 
And then all of this kind of leads into like another big elaborate plan of like we're gonna like draw in Godzilla, we're gonna trap him here, and then yeah. basically uh, shoot him with a harpoon and the, pump him up with enough electromag uh, magnetic sorry. energy. You gotta say the full name, the EMP harpoon. Yes, the EMP harpoon. Um, and that's a great name. Yeah, that's a great weapon name, the EMP harpoon. Can that, you imagine if there's like an EMP harpoon? It's like yes, it's like an arrow, but like <laughs> they explain yeah. what a harpoon yeah. is, but not an EMP. EMP. Um, I guess before, I mean, there's a couple other things I want to mention before that final battle mm-hmm. because I think, um, so our main character, uh, our main human character who has his rage against Godzilla, has kind of found himself at kind of a loss now. I feel like throughout the movie, like. There's still like this belief that he can fight Godzilla, that we can beat him, we can take back the planet, but there is a little bit more of kind of him still relishing of that initial defeat, uh, and like while like kind of reflecting on it. Uh, there's another character we haven't mentioned yet, uh, who f- plays very importantly into especially the third act battle and, and the end of the movie. There's this girl, right? You Yuko. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, and th- honestly, the reason that's we haven't mentioned her is that again, there's really not much to her. No. Essentially. She kind of like has her main character thing is like, she has a crush on crush on our main character. Mm -hmm. She gets a little bit jealous at the, at the native twins because like one of them pay, you know, pays attention to him. So she's kind of been, there's these, this vulture suit that they build using the Mechagodzilla technology to like assist. Those are pretty cool. They're pretty cool suits. Um, very classically like kind of, kind of Japanese kind of, Again, it was like a like, lot of that stuff, like kind of like robotic suit stuff, but like great stuff. It's a lot of that stuff that isn't actually very like interesting in terms of like the whole pantheon of anime. But like when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, but it's kind of cool to see those in a Godzilla movie. Yeah. But she's become like basically the main test subject and of these of the vulture suit as they call it. Because um, so she's willing, yeah. like she 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 wants to hop in, and her will to like uh, hop into like one of those suits is like strong. So right. yeah. Yeah. And it kind of, again, sort of impress everybody and impress her, her main character. One is just like, imagine that because she does play like they're They try to kind of build a relationship a little bit again, really not much there. Um, but the, the scene that they have our main character, uh, and her, um, it does lead into one of the funnier lines of the movie. Oh yeah. So we get through all this and then he comes up and he's like, he's like, Hey Yuko. And then she says like, what she's like, and I can't remember the exact line. It's, it's something like it literally is. I believe my rage against Godzilla has blinded my judgment. Nick and I went as soon as he said that both of us just kind of at the same time, we're both like, you think yeah. it's like, Oh, now you realize it. It's like, like, cause it's basically been his entire character up to that point. Cue, cue Mark Wahlberg from the happening. What? No. <laughs> yeah. It's like his whole character up to that point is like, he's so enraged against like beating Godzilla that like, he's just been lucky that none of his judgment has like gone South. Yeah. Like, like, or like none of the decisions he made has gone South. Cause he's definitely been blinded by the rage. So we were had a good laugh at that. Um, but he also visits, um, I have to, I have to be honest. This like all that stuff was still probably my least favorite. Stuff. No, it definitely is weakest. Yeah. But I also thought I, I thought that the other scene that he had uh, with uh, Metaphys. Metaphys. Yes, was, I, I like that one. Was too. more interesting because with that one, Metaphys' whole thing in this movie is that he's again he survived the initial thing. He's part of the group again, and he essentially asks uh, for um, some of the te- nanotech technology so that he can repair what he says is kind of like a. Um, uh, like an ancient, 
like a relic relic yeah. of of their race. And again, I like that the the Bilishudo like uh, well, it was interesting. They, they, they dismiss it as like, oh, so you want to repair some junk? Go ahead. Yeah, I I did like that because basically because they have access to the nano machines, they can make whatever they want. So it, it was just another little beat between them that I like. He's like, hey, listen, like this is kind of like a ceremonial thing, and he's like, oh, okay, so it doesn't whatever, just go, it's go like ahead. It's like useless, like so yeah, go, yeah just. Go so ahead. I I did like kind of like another little peek into right. like the differences between the races, even though they were connected in a way, like they seemed there was a kinship between them. There's still this fundamental difference, especially. Like and again, sorry to interrupt your point, but it's like once the Mecha Godzilla element comes in, you could see the Billa Saludos like their priors are just like they switch reinforced. They like, basically almost like, immediately they, 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 they flip a switch where it's like they now know that they could be in control. Right. Whereas like with with the when they're part of this crew and they're part of the ship, they know that they kind of have to be part of the general ecosystem for it to work. Right. Because again, like because again, they're among intelligent races are what they see so there's no reason for them to get any bigger even mm-hmm. though they might believe that they are the most intelligent that they are among kind of peers in that sense right once they're back to earth and they know that they can become something greater that's when they're and there's the- a little humanity they add because i think that there was a, a sense of it's not like now they're just like mustache twirly villainous like they actually like believe in this stuff and like yeah. they're like Haru come with us like you know like, like how uh, it has to be like uh, uh, yeah there is a level and of like they, they see humanity as a potential like they see the potential in humanity to have that function right because I think they even disparage it once like they make the decision like to stay human it's like I knew like humanity was like primitive like you know they right, kind of make right. that disparaging they become but basically. Metaphys and Haru. Metaphys yeah. and Haru. So he go once he has this conversation with Yuko, and he's still kind of wondering. And and again, like I think even at this point, the scientist has been um, at, around this point too. It's like the 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 scientist friend has basically told him like people are getting sick in the city. Once we take them outside, they kind of get better. He's still kind of like kind of distant. Like oh well, just you know we'll we'll beat Godzilla. Like you know just you know do what you need to do. We visit uh, you know and then they uh, Metaphys and he, they have this discussion. Basically, kind of about you know the relic and 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 stuff like that, and then uh, they, you know, uh, Metaphys talks about that you know they you know watch out for the Bilisudo, like they're, they're gonna. He gives him the the obligatory like you know he's like don't lose yourself in the battle, right? Like, and you it's know, like they're they're, they're gonna try to become monsters to beat a monster. Don't lose yourself, and then you know he kind of goes into. You know, there. Are, listen, there are things out there worse in this universe than Godzilla. Like, right. Never lose sight of that. Well, they they hint at this in the first one, but they're very explicit in this one. Like, what's the deal with the EXIF in terms of like what happened to them? And they they don't really get into it. I think as much with the Bill of Saludos, but they're very explicit with the EXIF had a problem with monsters. Yeah, they basically imply that all three of them at. All three races had monster issues. Yes. They don't go into it as much with the, the Bill of Pseudo. And there is kind of like a me of wondering of like, was kind of the monster of the Bill of Pseudo planet like their own undoing? That's a good point. That that I feel like that's kind of like almost something similar happened, but they still, like again, it's one of those things where it's like- not a bad, That's not a bad theory, um, I, I think. But, but yeah, but the Exif are way more, because they're preaching gospel, so they're like- like, you know, our planet was taken over by creatures similar to yours, and yeah. this is why we must, like, look to a higher power, like, things like that. And, and so this scene has just got a, I mean, obsession. So, they like, he has this whole big speech of, like, you, the, like, the, the monster that destroyed our planet is much worse than Godzilla, and, like, here, I'm going to tell you the name, and then whispers it. Mm-hmm. And 
you kind of know. You know what it is. I have to say, like, that is, I don't know, just from a directorial standpoint, I thought that was kind of eerie. Like, it was, You yeah. know what the, the name is and the fact that, like, they basically say it's the creature that we don't even we don't even speak its name, but I'm going to let you know the name because you've earned knowing what it is. So he goes down and he's like, "This is the name," and then he whispers the name. But like uh, like audio wise, we can't as an audience we can't hear it. Right. And then the rest of the conversation moves on. And the way it's directed with the music and the sound is pretty effective, right, especially because like Metaphys is like like approaching Haru and like. You know, he's kind of backing up and kind of like being aggressive about it, and and he's like, he's like, whoa, whoa, like I just came up for some advice, like kind of like that right. sort of thing, and then basically he whispers in the ear. Um, we'll talk about that scene again a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so basically that's kind of all the setup into this final battle, in that they've had to, they had to up the timing of finishing the 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 building part because there's like yes the the built the um. The city has been built, but they still need to kind of work on the defenses and weapons. It's like an RTS game. It's like, yes. it's like oh, like we're using too much energy building the infantry. Like we have to set it to so building the, the, the turrets. Yeah, so basically the timeline for Godzilla noticing them has like moved up. So they basically have to move like we need to finish the EMP harpoon. So like stop with the shielding and let's get with the, the EMP harpoon. And then basically this is also leading up to the rest of the Bill of Pseudo like you know, getting integrated into the city so that the 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 power the the uh, um, uh, the power to build and all that sort of stuff increases. But then it's like again they're sacrificing other things, and eventually they get into this point where they need to distract Godzilla and get him to the point where he's going to be killed. Um, you know, the trap point. So they basically need to get these people into the vulture suits and right, they right. have three of them finished and it's all three they need. They need volunteers. So it ends up being Yuko cause she's the most familiar. Uh, one of the, the Bill of Shudo, uh, even though the, their program in English, they were intended for human use. Um, he's basically like, listen, like I'm smart enough. I know my English, like I'll just do it myself. And then finally, like to alleviate the pressure of the room, cause there's so much tension in the room and they're still like, there's still the plan's going to go forward, but there's all this because of the speech and, and, and the reveal of like the true nature of the Bill of Pseudo. There's all this tension within the room. Finally, our main character basically just says, I'll do it um, because he just again wants to basically just be like, let's get this done. I want to beat Godzilla. Like mm. he's still kind of convincing himself that's what he wants. Yeah. And then they, they fight Godzilla. This was. Uh, it was fun. This was a fun one. More, I would say more fun than the one in the first movie. Yeah. Uh, again, because there's just a little bit more color. There's a little bit more, again, yellow and red. It just looked cooler. It was more dynamic of a fight. Yeah, so and you got like these these kind of the vultures. Oh, there was, wait, there was that awesome Godzilla moment where Godzilla like shoots his awesome atomic blast at like the city and the shield just deflects the blast into like all these different directions. Yes. Like th- that, that, was, that was sick. I, I like and that. And again, it's very, I mean, it's very traditional anime. Um, and kind of like, again, kind of that just gun suit battle type of thing, like you, you see in a bunch of other video games and stuff. But again, it's just, it is, you're right. It's kind of cool to see that within a Godzilla movie, especially like in a form of animation that can take advantage of that. Because if you had that sort of thing in like a traditional guy, like maybe like 
modern day wise, but if you had like like kind of that type of suit thing in like a Hasty era or a Millennium era film, it definitely wouldn't have been to the extent that it could have been right, with the technology. Right. So maybe like you could do something with it today, but even with that, it's like the, the form of animation is like perfect for it. So seeing it in that kind of way, like and the, use it dynamically and the movement around Godzilla and stuff, I think it's like just effectively used. Um. So yeah, but. Uh, my favorite part of the fight was this is kind of getting towards the end of the fight was that they finally lure Godzilla into this kind of like into the trap that they want him to go right, into. Right, they give him to a false floor, they drop him through the floor and basically match up they in the first movie they put him in the rock slide. They do a similar thing here where they just kind of trap him uh within kind of this this self-made hole within yeah. the facility. And then he goes to the facility through this like trench so they get there, they kind of like try to cement him in there with some nano machines. But so the biggest, the plan is they're going to shoot him with this EMP harpoon. It's going to like plug him full of all of this energy and then basically explode him from the inside. Right. Yeah. Which and, is how they essentially a more technologically advanced version of how they won that first fight. So they, and, and, and remember the explosion of the first Godzilla was pretty nice it was a pretty nice explosion I, yeah. I thought even just the animation on that explosion was really good but they they're setting it up like this is going to just blow him to bits like there's not going to be anything left there's this huge countdown the music's coming and then I, it makes me laugh every time it made me laugh the first time i saw it made me laugh this time because it's just you know how much i love godzilla being a badass so then they're like fire and then they shoot it and then godzilla it just kind of like like Godzilla just kind of absorbs it, yeah. But it's like in such, in, it's it's in the most un like spectacular way. Mm-hmm. Like it takes him a while to figure out like what happened, but you think it's gonna be like this huge explosion, and then the only way I can describe it is that Godzilla is so massive and strong that all of that explosive energy just got trapped in there, yeah. And that and. I got to give credit to like the visual and the sound design of that little beat. I know it's small, but I, I, I loved it. But it's like little things that like, even for an animated thing, just tangibly made this thing feel so massive and so strong. Yeah. So I, would agree. I, I, I like that. That was, it was probably the moment where it's just like, you kind of get this little boom, like there's like a little boom, but like, I just, just love any time. Again, like you're right. It's just, everything's kind of, he keeps it inside and absorbs like the, the 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 energy. I just I just love any like oh shit moments when it comes to Godzilla and that was one for me. You're like, "Oh no, yeah. that's not going to be good." Right. Um and so basically cuz it's a failure of the ritual cuz again the same thing was like they hit the whole thing at like the big same dramatic moment and then they realize that essentially Godzilla's getting hotter and yeah. hotter. He's absorbing all the energy. He's absorbing all the energy. He's able to the function even at this extreme heat. And essentially, he's going to repair himself. Mm-hmm. And then, so in, he's kind of like a comatose at that point. So they were like, well, listen, there is one way we can beat him. Like, we can, like, uh, basically crash all of our vulture drones into... This was also kind of just messed up from the Bill of Saludos part, where it's like, we can crash all of our vulture drones from the atmosphere at the same time, and that will kill Godzilla while he's comatose. And they were like, yeah, but we can't get close enough because, like, the it's too hot. Like, yeah. it, it, when you get next to it, like, we'll burn to death. He's like, well, he's like, well, there's only one element of the, uh, of, the a, of the suit that's susceptible to heat. Right. There's only one flaw with the suit that we can fix. Yeah. And then, and then you're like, what? No, that's so messed up. And well, then it's basically because, like, again, like, like you can you can you can see our main character. Uh, 
like piecing Re- it together, piecing it together because he's like, there's a, there's one flaw in the suit. We can fix it. and We can make it work. He's like, what's the Which flaw? Which is messed up, but it's little lines like that that really kind of like highlight like how the like the Bill of Saludos look at it. It, yeah. it. It's it's like they look at it as like, listen, like we got you covered. Like there, there's no problem. Just let it go. Like let the high take you. Just yeah. just just toke it up. Just like let it go, and then just ride the high, man. And then like and then, so like I I, I thought that I thought was they said pretty let the cool. hive take you, which again hive well, mind. Well, yeah, it I means a hive so. mind yeah. in some sense. But basically, then you you cut back to him, and he's already become one with the suit. And essentially, he's going to force the other two suits to like merge. So like, um, Haruo, mm-hmm. uh, we're is, doing we're doing the best we can. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, it's. Uh, he he is able to kind of resist it essentially, right. but uh, Yuko is not, and she's essentially forcibly being taken over. He, like, and she's like screaming like horror. It's yeah, kind of it, a scary moment. Yeah, it's a scary moment. Or it's just, she's like, no, I don't want to do it. No, and then like you know she's gonna get into that moment, and then this is kind of the. I mean, this is kind of like the main emotional beat of the movie, and this is where it becomes a more successful movie than the first one because this last emotional beat. It, first of all, there is a kind of a last emotional beat where that first one didn't really have that moment. But it's this moment where basically, like, he's struggling with the decision, our main character. Like, there is an element of him that says, we can beat Godzilla here. And and you also have, um, you know, the... Uh, the other the Bill Shudo in the in the suit right. he's mm-hmm. he's like basically like constantly talking he's basically like trying to like convince him and constantly in his ear of like just like listen you just need to let go just let it like go through you, you this is what you wanted right you wanted to beat Godzilla and you like this is like you know you have to become something more than human you're not going to beat it as a human this is your chance if you don't beat Godzilla now you're not going to right. Like you need to become one. It's gonna be okay. Like, I I will I will say this. I, I I think you're right. I think that the way that that moment is directed is stronger than what the story has led up to. I I still don't really 100 percent buy that this was a character who would like I like. There's no way he's not going to rescue the girl. Like you know, no, it's no, like, I, I don't think that they set up the character in that way. Right. I think it's like again, like the the questioning. St- I just felt that it was a more effective scene. It was, I, but it, I think I think the direction. I of it think was really good. I think you you nailed it. That it's the direction of that scene that gives it more oomph than it kind of deserves. Um, and you can always. I think that's important. I mean, animation directing is such an underrated part of the directing field, and I think that it's important that that moment. It that moment feels like it's bigger than it really should be, and I think that's that's a key element of that moment. Um, and then it basically you also have um, uh, Metaphys come in mm-hmm. and essentially say like, "Listen, dude, like they will take over the entire planet if if they win. Right. Like the Mechagodzilla, you know, the nano the poison of this nano machine will take over eventually. Like the the, the nano machine will cover the planet. Mm-hmm. Like it, that is going to be." the case and then eventually he like rejects the the offer goes to save the girl and that's when also know. it's implied that whatever that the natives did to him may have also been like an antidote to right, yeah. the nano yeah, machines something, it, it's, yeah it's, like it's the way that, that he was healed and also like the natives are kind of there throughout the fight too i think they also mentally like he he notices them at one point too mm. where it's like oh they did stay here and they're they're still here and stuff like that so there's and, and 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 kind of his connection to them, I think, is also a major part of it that he kind of sees like there is like whether or not they're actually descendants of humanity, there is like 
something similar to us here and i can't let that right. go either right because I, I think i think that is also a major part of it so eventually he goes to save the girl who and so eventually like the plan fails and like mechagodzilla is city is essentially engulfed and and he yeah he destroys the command center and then godzilla reawakens and, and by the way like like i i think that like godzilla itself as a creature because we're kind of like mentioning a lot of just like the human story in this part and this is actually one of those cases where the human story to me is quite compelling um yeah. or it, maybe it's just because of the world they set up but they they center it around godzilla effectively enough and they cut back and forth to the destructive nature of this thing um in a way that it, that it just works for mm-hmm. me it, it's kind of hard to explain but I, I i think the balance works um and uh and and what i do another thing i like about the the ending of this because we're kind of at the end is that what i like about it is that another element that it kind of slyly puts into that is kind of like this nail in the coffin of like the 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 conflict of of nature and technology um now out of all the things that the that the movie kind of makes obvious and puts up at the forefront the whole like it being technology thing is kind of more subtextual, like the things like calling the nano machines poison and stuff. Like you know, they the the movie doesn't really demonize the fact that it is technology, but I do like that there is kind of like this element where at the end of the day, the characters had to forsake the technology, and it ultimately lost to Godzilla and thus like the nature and yeah. the world and stuff. And the fact that you're right, because like this one does feel like it has more of a definitive emotional endpoint, mm-hmm. um, and that was something that added to it for Where, me. Like, yeah, because basically, like again, like the commander's destroyed. Like Mechagodzilla City is basically shut down. Godzilla survives. The 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 Bilisudo that are on the planet are essentially that have you know merged with the city are essentially wiped out and 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 de- and defeated. And then the end beat is that Yuko has been overtaken too much by the nano machines. Uh, and nece- not necessarily is like dead, but essentially like yeah, it's kept ambiguous. It's where, kept where ambiguous she, she where she is, but basically it's like it's basically like kind of she's no longer like responding. She's no longer kind of functioning, and it kind of you know gives the big anime like no, right, like right. you know what am I fighting for, like that sort of thing. So um, all all this leads to our post credits uh, yes. of this one, um, uh, which the, is the most unsurprising reveal ever. Right. So we start off with a Kingdom Hearts cutscene, yeah, uh, where we get all the kind of scenes from the first two movies, kind of relating to the EXIF and, and all this sort of stuff, and kind of their religion. And, and it's like being covered by like the EXIF sigil that we we just yeah, found out about, which is and, like a kind of a, a thing of light. Yeah. Which I don't know, maybe that'll the play into it. Uh, but then when we get back, they replay the first uh, the scene yeah. um, where uh, Metaphiles is um, talking to our main character about the planet, uh, the Godzilla, uh, like uh, the, 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 the monster that destroyed the EXIF planet. And we get to the point where they leaned in, and now it's a new shot of the the, the close up of the mouth. And, it's and he's just, like, "What's the name? What could the name be?" It's Ghidorah. Yeah, but <laughs> we were like. The f- I think the funniest thing, like, I, I know we kind of joked about other names. Abira, if he had said, like, Abira, would have been hysterical. Yeah, you like, we would have lost it. Because, like, I, I kind of mentioned Gabra because that's, like, the most obscure. But, like, Abira, if it was just, like, 
Abira. And it's just imagining, like, yeah, this giant lobster is, like, the thing to dread is, like, really funny. See, that, you know, that's the thing where this is a moment, and it worked on me the first time I saw it, and not as a surprise. It's just, again, like, the direction and the presentation of how they did the name and everything was kind of cool. Yeah. But it is one of those things where this is kind of one of those, like, hidden problems when you are doing properties like this is because... That's kind of a reveal that only matters and will mean anything to the people who have already guessed it by that point. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like a hundred percent. As, as it soon is as he says, like, like, "Oh, there's like a creature. There's something amongst the stars that destroyed our planet. That's much worse than like you know, like right. you know what it is." Right. It's just, it's amazing. Like, what's nice about this one is that it isn't kind of a post credit scene in a sense of like. Even like the people, like the people who are not like the pe- there's people who are going to be watching that are not going to like. There's gonna like once the credits start rolling, they're like, okay, well, on to the next thing, or well, it, 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 I think it operates also as more of a subconscious like because this movie effectively does kind of have like an, a feeling of an endpoint, and yeah. and this one is kind of like the the Joker card at the end of like Batman Begins, right. where it's but, like it, they there needed to be because there's no other indication at the ending that like there's more coming so this just hearing the name again and referencing back to that point i think yeah. was more of a definitive like oh no this is what the next final threat right. is. right well i mean what i what i meant to say is like that scene without the Ghidorah name works so well in the initial movie that like it doesn't take away from that scene in the movie right like they're both effective in the sense of like again like the one, the one in the movie, far away. We just see him lean in. We don't hear the word. This one, we get the close up of him saying the word. Um, but I think it's like one of the things. Like it's, it's definitely like you know, again, like right. The reveal at the end is very much on that like Talia Al Ghul level in The Dark Knight Rises, where it's like we all know, like it's like as much as you, you want to deny it, it, we know who you're. Just say you're Talia Al Ghul. But the fact that like you know, we we kind of get it for post credits, and like it's kind of just um, a reference back to that original scene like it just like it doesn't take away from that original scene it was what right. i meant to say and and it and it, it works as a post-credit scene like if it was those things like if it was at the actual end of the movie somehow like it would have been a little bit like okay like they're teasing the Ghidorah. but the sense it's a post-credit scene it's right, like yeah right. like have some fun with that Whew. that was a lot two anime movies down nick yeah how you feeling what, 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 what do you think thus far uh well i definitely like the second one um better than the first one uh, I am intrigued because, again, I can just assume by everything that I've seen that we're going to get more of the EXIF stuff in the third movie. And obviously, we're going to see Ghidorah, which I do know a little bit about. Like, I've seen the poster, and I kind of I know the gimmick mm-hmm. somewhat. I don't, know, I don't know it fully, so I'm, I'm going to be interested to see kind of how it actually plays right. out. But I know kind of how Ghidorah is different. Um, and I'm definitely excited to finish. And I'm definitely... It was interesting doing these two together, and I think this was the right call, because I think when we get to that third one, it's going to be very interesting to not just talk about that third one, but also to talk about you know the story as a whole, because this is a true trilogy, for better and for worse, and I think that's also a part of it, because there are film trilogies like Back to the Future and Star Trek, where it's like each movie is kind of like they're part of a bigger whole, but each movie is their own individual thing. Where there are other ones like the Lord of the Rings, where it's like the movies really do feed into each other, and they mm. are all—I mean, they kind of are their own thing, but they're all all part of a bigger whole. And I feel like this one was like really the other reason that this feels very much like it could have been an anime series is like the movies really do feel like they're all one big story, 
And so it's kind of hard to judge the whole scope of it without seeing that third one. But I do think putting that third one in its own episode is smart because then we can kind of discuss everything as a whole. As it stands now, I think the first movie presents interesting ideas, but just doesn't do enough as its own thing. And then the second one kind of, not perfect, but does kind of take advantage of the fact that everything's already been set up for it. So it can kind of more focus in on kind of the more interesting elements. The the more this goes on, and this is just me knowing where it goes, like the more that first one just feels like obligatory. Like it's like yeah. a lot of this stuff I will like I accept because of where it ultimately ended up. I, I feel like there's a level of there's a level of that. Um, I I, I kind of I, I second everything you say. Uh, one one thing I did think that was interesting about like how like it they each chapter is kind of distinct as a trilogy. Are in a trilogy. It's it's funny because like the first one felt more of like you know the like space like the kind of sci-fi of like being in a ship and coming to an alien planet thing. This feels kind of like a more broad like big idea like like fantasy like sci-fi adventure type of film. And the third the third one is definitely its own thing. I I really can't wait to talk about talk about it. But ultimately, like I really felt like yes, I, I feel like the first one just feels obligatory. But the the second one, the more I think about it, the more I the more and more I dig it, and the and the more I think we'll get into like reception of all these movies in the next episode. But um I, yeah, I, I really felt like this one was starting to dig its teeth into some interesting things that I think will further manifest in the next one. So th- th- this was a fate. Yeah. The, the the first one was kind of like a like just kind of like an okay rewatch. I, I felt like this one was a was a more favorable rewatch. For I will me. say real quick. Um, this was one of those things where like talking about them, I did like talking about them. I liked the first one less as we talked about it, and I did like the second one more as we talked about it. I think like this, I agree. I think like as over the course of this podcast, I think just um, you know, I this thing just talking about them definitely kind of shows the 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 gems yeah uh, within them perfect perfect um yeah so i mean the next one we're just gonna hop into the next movie on our next episode so there's really not too much else to say um do do we want to wait until we have all three in our belt before we say who harrison ford is that's really yeah i think it's yeah we'll we'll do all three and i think it's gonna about to be because because of how interconnected these movies it's gonna be one for the whole trilogy. So I think like we do need to see it where it ends up before we can truly give Harrison Ford a proper role. Well, much like the series itself, I think we should just like end it and let the, uh, uh, let the audience, uh, wanting more. So, um, there you go. Cool dude. You got your long episode. Uh, there was a lot to talk about. I hope you enjoyed it. And, um, I'm done. Yeah. You're and, done. And don't forget, these are all on Netflix too. So if you want to yes. watch along with us, uh, they're they're definitely easy to access. Um, and you know, y- y- you people know where Bond is going. We'll we'll review next time. Uh, you know, we'll we'll, get, we'll 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 catch up with Bourne sometime. Uh, I just said where it is. Never mind. Uh, Bonzilla Podcast at gmail.com, twitter.com slash Bonzilla007. We're happy to hear from you guys. Um, I you know, I got some responses to my inquiry about like what Bond things you'd like to see us talk about. So please keep them coming. Um, Facebook.com slash Bonzilla007 and uh, like and subscribe iTunes and SoundCloud. All right, everybody. Well, until next time when we talk about the third entry in the Godzilla anime franchise, The Planet Eater. Stay tuned. All right. Peace out, folks.